Hello and welcome to another spooky episode of the One Up Pod, the world's scariest gaming podcast. A year ago we looked at the games that made us into the gamers we are today. Now we're going to look at the ones that made us hide behind the sofa and cower in terror. It's the games that made us poop our pants. you thought that was Vincent Price doing the intro, well, allow me to correct you, because it was, in fact, me, Chip. I'm oh. hosting this month. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Damn it, guys. I, I didn't get like a Vincent guest. Price. No, I, I'm sorry, glad, sorry. I don't think we can't afford Vincent Price, even dead. So. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If anyone was going to turn up dead for free, it would be Vincent Price. That's true. That's true. It makes me sad that I didn't actually try now. Sorry. Okay, next October we'll get him. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> and uh, you've heard some of their voices already, but I am joined by our uh, regular but extra scary because it's Halloween lineup of monster mashers. Uh, first of all, we have Becky, who would be our eldritch horror of the group, because I thought you know you would be terrifying, but you kind of got this like gothic class about you. So yeah, yeah I'll take it. Good, 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 good. <laughs> and we have Andy. Trick or treat, mother. <laughs> <laughs> He's so scared he can't even do his normal intro. I, I, I went for motherfuckers instead of fuckers. I, I just flew too close to the sun there. <laughs> wow. It's getting more aggressive. Yeah, it is. But that works because I've got you down as like the slasher, so the Michael Myers or the Jason Voorhees of the group. Oh, yeah. Because I always kind of think if someone hurt you or someone you care about, most importantly, then you would literally hunt them down unrelentingly and kill them. Yeah, I am a bit of a psycho, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we have Bash. Mm-hmm. Who is Hello. that? <laughs> what was that? I thought that was just going to be it. <laughs> well, no, I have you down as our very own witch, because I think you've got some, you know, really cool witchy vibes about you. And a witch is the last thing I had a nightmare about, and you are my nightmare, so it works. <laughs> Fair enough. I was about to call you a suck-up then, but then you yeah. took a turn. You, you brought it back. <laughs> I brought it back. Yeah, but uh, somehow still nice. I think witchy vibes is a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely. Cool. And I thought I would be represented by like a scary clown because they also make <laughs> no one else laugh but themselves. And I think if you saw me coming towards you on a unicycle, you'd be terrified as well. Yeah, that's very true. That, yeah. I have. <laughs> I don't even want month. to imagine that. <laughs> Just like head. in slow motion trying to no, juggle. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) Swiftly. Before we discuss the games that have filled us with fear in the past, I think we should see what we've been playing since the last time we spoke. So, Andy, let's start with you. Well, I've been playing like a bunch of stuff, mostly of it for like reviewing. Cult of the Lamb, Return to Monkey Island, Beacon Pines. I've also, just for my personal stuff, been dabbling in a bit of Dead Space just to see if it made the list. See if it does, I don't know. But I want to talk about one I've been playing called Save Room. It's a it's a puzzle game, 
but it's set entirely in a survival horror save room and you're tasked with organising your inventory, kind of like the classic Resident Evil approach, where you've got limited space to put things, and you've got to kind of rotate and like arrange it properly so it'll all fit into your really limited inventory space. So you get like you get your set carrying space and guns, grenades, ammo, eggs for some reason. They're plant- sure. Instead of the health plants, you get eggs. So- <laughs> you should fight in a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you just have to make all that stuff fit perfectly uh it gets trickier as you go along and you have to kind of remember to load your guns check your health is right otherwise you have to eat an egg because eggs are good i guess eggs are good for you (laughs) eggs are good i don't know if they cure you from a zombie bite but i've never been bitten by a zombie i mean i'm not sure plants would cure you from a zombie bite either but true (laughs) but it depends on the plant i guess it it did look a bit weedy to me like (laughs) pot that is not like yeah no i i got you yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's really simple, but it's really well thought out, and it, it's it's just a lot of fun. And it's only like like two quid on Steam, so I feel I'm well happy with that choice. So, do you actually fight spoopy monsters, or nope. is it just it's, the, it's just a puzzle literally game? Literally just inside the serve room where you're checking your inventory. Like it's that just, sounds really cool. Yeah, I, I thought it's a really clever like, idea for a puzzle game. Yeah, I'm going to wish list this immediately. It sounds amazing. Do it now. Well, Bash, what about you? What have you been playing this month? So I have been playing Kaiju, the Kaiju dating sim, because ever since Wholesome Direct, and I saw it at Wholesome Direct, I've been super hyped for it, and it finally came out, and I got it immediately, and played it, and like, it's fine. That's a bummer. I really, really wanted it to be better. Like, the idea of a dating sim where you play the role of Gigachu who in the store page described them as a gi- gigantic romantic looking for love. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is this is the game for me, right? Uh, well, no, so there's <laughs> there's six um, eligible kaiju that you can date and 24 famous landmarks. So the first run through, I was like, oh, this is really cute and it's fine. Um, like as in the questions are cute and it's all super adorable and charming and you know who doesn't want to take Gigachu who's basically a pink Godzilla and oh god what was the moth called but essentially Mothra but not Mothra they didn't use that name because they can't I, I thought for a second you'd forgotten Mothra's name so when you said the moth one I was like Sasha <laughs> <laughs> oh no no I hadn't forgotten Larry. Mothra's no, I, name I, <laughs> I had forgotten what no, they've no, replaced I, I, yeah I got it took, I'm very tired it took me a second <laughs> yeah no I think it's Mosra as in the moth of moss but anyway so the, like the first time I got to flatten Big Ben in the Houses of Parliament with Mosra that was a real special moment <laughs> okay I'm listening how cathartic yeah <laughs> Um, but then basically, um, when you finish that romance, there's no, it's not like other dating sims that I played where like you kind of go on dates with everybody a few times and then, you know, start to hone in on the one you like. You just pick your kaiju and you date them, you follow the story. I say like maximum it takes about half an hour to get through the three like stages. Um, then the game ends and it's like, oh, maybe we'll see what happens next time if you play again kind of thing and you play again and you pick a different one and um so far i've played three of the six 
and the story beats themselves are the exact same. Um, The questions might be a little bit different. And the kaiju that you're dating, they obviously have their own distinct personalities and like one is um, like artistically coded and one is anxiously coded and um, Mosra is a single mother. So they've been really um, conscious of making it quite weirdly really representative in spite of the fact that it's kaiju. But still overall, like it just really took away from me. I found that I was just skipping through the middle bits because it's all done from like studio, like a, a news studio. So it's news anchors who are talking about the romance of the kaiju and stuff. I don't know. It just ended up leaving me a bit like, I realized that if I'm going to keep playing it, which I might because I've only got three to go, but I'm doing it more just to complete it and say that I at least did all of them, you know, rather than like other people might like it. It's getting like positive reviews, but the reviews are all much of the same. Like it is very repetitive. Oh, that's a shame. But then also at the same time, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to date a kaiju in total. So, you know, if you've just kind of got that sort of time on your hands. <laughs> so it's technically kaiju speed dating. <laughs> it feels like okay, yeah. Age, profession, city you last trampled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I've, I feel really disappointed that that hasn't kind of yeah hit the spot. Yeah. Sounds perfect for you as well. So. I know. Oh. I was I I was super hyped for it, and like I'm not, I'm probably being a little bit overly critical of it. Um, but you know what? Maybe what I need to do is um do a list or something of the dating sims that I do like that are weird but wonderful, and I might you know pinpoint even closer to the point what it was about this one that just didn't quite hit the spot. But it is still dead cute, so. Okay, well, uh, we've had one game that seemed uh, to be quite positive. We've had one disappointment. Becky, it's over to you. What have you been playing this month? I have been playing Two Point Hospital a lot. Like, (laughs) a a lot. Yeah. How much? A lot. Wow. Hours. (laughs) Like, an hour before work, an hour during my lunch break, after work. Yeah. I don't know. It's been really nice to get my, like, teeth back into a management game. Um, and it's so much fun. Like I keep discovering all these new delightful things. So it's really stressful in that very unique kind of, oh dear God, there's clowns vomiting all over my hospital and there's a giant like inflatable dinosaur wandering around that needs healing and I've got no nurses because <laughs> they're all not very well. But you know, <laughs> it's just Sounds really, like the yeah. real NHS. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. It's got such a great sense of humour. Um, and some really neat touches in there as well. Like, so the pandemic sufferers have pans on their heads and they need to go to a pans lab to get it extracted, which I love. And um, the other one that I spotted, which is a really niche one, um, but the teacher for the genetics um, that you can get in for the genetics training is called Rosie Franklin after the scientist who actually discovered the double helix, not Watson and Crick, Rosalind Franklin. So I thought that was really cute. Um, so, yeah. Fun times and, you know, nerdy references because I'm me. <laughs> Is it one of those ones where you... I never played um, like Theme Hospital or anything mm. like that, but I played Theme Park. So do you yeah. make the hospital like bigger? Does it grow and stuff like that? Yeah, so basically you get given... So it starts off with you just have to kind of build hospitals for the local environment and then you get more like specific um, requests. So the one I'm doing at the moment is an old research and training hospital. 
So okay. you have to, like, you get certain targets based on that location. So, like, the rich neighbourhood, they were all suffering from Mockstar, um, where they thought they were Freddie Mercury. <laughs> um, so you have, like, <laughs> lots of Freddie Mercury's wandering around your hospital until a psychiatrist can see them. And then, yeah, so this one currently I have to, like, up the amount of research and training that the hospital's doing in order to achieve the targets. And then you also have, like, you have to cure so many patients um, and you have to control the budget and you have to control your resources. It's great fun. It sounds really dull when I say control the resources, but, I mean, that's just my shit, so... Yeah, I get it. Like, I've played similar sort of games and lost absolutely hours to them because of that. So I will never play this because I'm afraid... Oh but yeah, like, it's, it it's, sounds really great. It's a proper time suck. I I lost like four hours to it the other day and didn't even realise. It's great. What <laughs> well, have you playing... been playing, Chip? <laughs> oh, oh, thank okay. you for asking. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I will cut out the part where I spoke over you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit like Andy. I've been playing quite a few things this month, including a fair amount of Wheel of Fortune, which is <laughs> kind sorry. of atrocious but a bit addictive. <laughs> I, I'm I mean, not I've got to win those. Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a curveball. I just saw it on uh, the PlayStation Extra Plus Super Magic Pants, you know, whatever the tier is that I've got. And uh, my, my partner's not a gamer, so I like to find things that we can sometimes play together. And I was like, do you want to play this shit game show game? And she went, yeah, I guess. Uh, so we got a, bit, a little bit competitive about it until we kind of realized that because it's a three-person game and if there's two of us playing, whoever goes after the AI, which even on hard difficulty is shit at guessing simple words. So if you come after them, then you win sort of almost guaranteed because <laughs> you pick up the easy answers. So yeah, that's pretty much done with now. And I've also been playing a Plague Tale Innocence for the first time. Yeah, so- it's one of those games that I've had on my Steam library for like bloody ages and finally got around to installing it and playing it. And it's kind of great. Yeah. I, I really love the style and the gameplay and the story. Like it's sufficiently creepy and upsetting in places. It's like hella tense which is tough (laughs) yeah it's so stressful (laughs) oh my god oh my god and i'm not even like at the most stressful parts yet i don't think but you know when you've got rats and bad guys surrounding you oh god (sighs) yeah but i really love the kind of the combat mechanics that they have say combat mechanics but like you basically choose whether you want to kind of fight and use up all your valuable resources or doing lots of snacks to get out of trouble and it just it's really atmospheric as well and i really love the soundtrack to it so yeah big yeah. two thumbs up for that i really love the sibling stuff the fact that you have to protect your brother it adds this whole like stressful element to it that like other games of its type doesn't like the first time i accidentally got him killed i felt so bad i had to put the game down and walk away <laughs> for like three days <laughs> yeah i know what you mean and i've not got any sort of like maternal feelings at all towards no. children but like i was like oh my god that's my little brother how could you do you mean paternal? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you mean paternal. <laughs> I don't have that either. <laughs> so you will ne- be neither a mother or father. <laughs> nope, <laughs> neither one ever. It's pretty decisive, to be fair. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to cover both bases, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. Just in case. It's time to get into the guts and gore of it all, as we've each chosen a dismembered handful of games that have spooked us to discuss. So let's begin by asking someone to pick their first choice. That sounds pretty good. I tell you what, we'll do it in alphabetical order as well. So let's go with Becky. That's 100% not alphabetical. <laughs> yeah, but see, even the grammar is scary on this episode. Ooh. <laughs> oh, That's my fucking name. Did you? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, so my first pick is actually the first game we ever covered on this podcast, and it's Bioshock. Ooh. Because the first time we played it, Rapture scared the absolute living fucking shit out of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was at uni at the time, playing it on a very battered Xbox 360. Like, the only time I ever really got a chance to game was at night when everyone was in bed, and like I could just like load it up, shut up, I didn't have any studying to do. So I was always playing it in the dark, which was a really stupid <laughs> idea. And then I fought the spider splicer for the first time <laughs> and was like, <laughs> I hate this. And I think like a lot of it is to do with the first person aspect of it so that you just don't have enough periphery to be able to see what's coming at you. So you'll turn yeah, a corner yeah. and all of a sudden there's like this mad woman with a pram and a machine gun. <laughs> and yeah, just like things like that, but also just like the, the voice... Uh, work for the splices the kind of the screeches and the cackles that they do are so creepy um and then obviously when you hear when you you learn what the big daddies are and then you hear like the the thudding it's like oh god especially you know if you're running out of ammo and you know you haven't got much of anything and you see one of those running at you um i just i want to hide and i will always want to hide (laughs) As queen of hitting things in that game with a wrench, <laughs> running out of ammo was never an issue for me. Well, no, I know, I know. Swing I wildly with a wrench. <laughs> Using ammo was an issue for you in that game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I get it, though. Like, I don't like the splices either. They are... It, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think Bioshock's almost not considered like a horror game, but it is. It's oh, really spooky. It's it absolutely is. Especially at the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when you're first getting in and they, they are very much presented as very scary things, like you said, with the pram and the lady and there's just shadows everywhere. And yeah, the spider splicer is the worst. Mm, that, I don't like them. That first encounter, the first time you see the splicer when when you've just arrived, that's presented like a proper like aliens almost. Like it's all shadowy and mm. something mm. attacking someone from... You can't see what's going on because of, like Becky said, your view is very limited. So you're just left completely oblivious to what's going on. You like you just know something bad's happening, something horrible is hiding in those shadows, and you don't want to find out. But you have to, because the game forces <laughs> you to do these things. Yeah. Also, the uh, the surgeon stuff really freaked me out. Like all oh. the uh, audio, but the audio uh, diaries and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you you finally find them. It's just that really fucked me up yeah that was the next bit i wanted to talk about because i th- i think it does i know we spoke about this on the episode and you should go listen to it but the the audio diary is specifically like when you when you start paying attention and you hear people literally going insane as you move through their backstory and also you hear about what happened to rapture and how it fell apart andrew ryan as well like when you hear him speaking he's got such a presence even though you know you don't see him for much of the game and I think that the it, the soundscape of Bioshock, like the rumblings of the waves and the sea around you where the pressure's giving in, and yeah, the screams in the distance, when you hear those screeches that the splicer makes, and yeah, the audio diaries as well, because they have that sort of wonderful crackly vinyl plastic uh, wax cylinder recording vibe to them. Yeah. So they're never quite crystal clear. So you're always straining to hear them, but you don't want to because you know it's going to be horrific, especially the surgeon one. It's so good. There's something about the way they speak as well that gets me because it's just so like, I don't know, there's something kind of oldie timey about Mm. it, but they're just kind of manic when they do speak. And it's just enough to kind of, 
put you off being comfortable, apart from everything else that's going on and how scary it all is. It's just another little element that they layer in, and that, yeah, that freaks me yeah, out. Yeah, it's that kind of the mid-Atlantic, like, it sounds great in a screwball comedy when they're like, say, Sonny, what do you say? <laughs> and then, but, like, when you're hearing it in that setting... And they're yeah, when they're trying to stab you. Yeah, when they're trying to stab you and they're, you know, doing unspeakable things to a corpse. Like, it just takes on a whole new level of, of creepy because it's that kind <laughs> of uncanny, like, jolliness to it. Where it's, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. juxtaposed with the horror of the situation. You're just like, stop being happy, you are murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> they get too much joy from it. Way too much joy. And obviously the little sisters are terrifying. When you first I, meet I don't those. want to talk about those. They're more scared of Chip, to be fair. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> we all know Chip. Only one record. of them. And it was enough, Chip, wasn't it? Yeah, I got the bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the middle bad ending, didn't you? Not the, yeah. Not the you didn't get the bad, not the bad, bad, bad ending. ending. Not full fat What's bad the bad ending? bad ending? Didn't we talk about this? We Maybe. I haven't listened to the episode in a while, so maybe I'll go do that. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> Yeah, there's the good ending, which, you you know, you didn't get. Yeah, they all go... I did the second time, so I've seen yeah. that. <laughs> so the mid-band ending is... Is that the one where they abandon him? And then the bad, bad ending is where it's the implication that the splices get out into the world. They, get, they make it to the surface, yeah. Yeah, they make it to the surface, and basically you've just doomed humanity. Yeah, I think I got that, because I got stabbed loads by the little sisters with all their little needles. Oh, shouldn't have killed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident, Your Honour. <laughs> okay, Andy, what is your first pick then? Uh, my first pick is taking me back to the early days of the Xbox 360. It's a uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. Ooh. It's like I think it's a really underrated horror title. Uh, you play a troubled FBI agent tracking down a serial killer in a city that's just gone to hell. It's that very obviously. Fun. Yeah, it's very obviously inspired by Seven, but you can see they've started sprinkling in bits of Saw because it came out like a year after the first Saw movie came out. So they really start with some stylistic flourishes where you can tell they watched a lot of uh, James Wan. So like in the game, the killer is known as Serial Killer X and he's out hunting down other serial killers and killing them in their own signature style. And the homeless population has also been gripped by this whatever this evil presence this killer has brought to the city, they're all going insane from it. And you happen to be a cop who's lost his gun at some point in the game. So you're forced to basically club people to death with planks of wood and like <laughs> copper piping that you've torn out from a wall. It's, <laughs> it's oppressively bleak. <laughs> yeah, Sasha will be fine. There's no shooting. Like, very little shooting. It's just, it's, it's very, it's really bleak. And the mythology it starts to create is very creepy and interesting about like a they call it the hate it's like this entity that kind of inspires people to do evil things and they expand on that in the sequel it's called uh, bloodshot but i think they like really overdid it on the supernatural side of things there i think uh, criminal origins did a much better job of maintaining the balance but in the game like when you're not like clubbing hobos to death you're uh, <laughs> there's an investigation mechanic to it you've got this this camera it's like a special tool it's like an all-purpose tool and you can use it to scan fingerprints, uh, facial ID, uh, blood samples, like all sorts of stuff. It's a nice little catch-all for like, simplifying the investigation side of the game. And th- those absolute rotten shit houses that made this game manage to use it to create the best jump scare I've ever seen in a horror game. And possibly oh, no. 
anything at all, like even Ooh. movies. So at one point you're investigating a crime scene and it's the, it's like a really gruesomely mutilated body that's been propped up inside a locker. And like you have to investigate. So you it's, it's pretty business as usual. And the, the game's done a really good job at this point of establishing you ha you're using this tool. So you, you kind of just, it's just natural to you to pull out your camera and start to investigate. But uh, at the moment when you raise the camera to the corpse's face, suddenly the corpse is now staring right at you and well, you realise right. he's not dead. He's just in absolute agony and he's well, alive. And I, I swear to God, I think I shat part of my soul out when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. I, I dropped my controller. I just had to walk out of the room. I just needed, I needed to calm down. My heart rate was just like insane someone like hideous. they definitely studied the sloth scene from seven and mm. then thought we can do better than that and ugh, it's just it really <laughs> fucked me up <laughs> absolutely not no <laughs> no thank you that's made me properly go all goosey like nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too like we're not even playing it <laughs> it it's horrifying there's a lot of creepy shit in that game like especially towards the end but that's the bit that sticks out to me a lot. I, I bought the game again on PC because I planned on replaying it. And I started thinking about this scene. And I, I don't want to get to this bit again. <laughs> I kind of stopped like about a quarter of the way through the game. So I'm good. I remember what happens. I don't need to play it anymore. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, man. See, this is one of those games where I've definitely heard of it. But I didn't know it was this involved. Like, this sounds mm. like there's a lot of stuff to yeah. it. You know, as well as being fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I loved it. It's one of my favourite uh, Xbox 360 games. It happened to be one of the first ones, but, you know, my Xbox 360s died towards the end, so I didn't get them towards the end of the Xbox 360s life cycle. So it ha does have, like, a long, lingering effect on me <laughs> because of all the horrifying corpses. I, I get it. I get that, that one moment. Yeah, I get it mm -hmm. completely. I'm never going to play it, but no. Nope. No, mm -mm. no, no. I'm adding it to my list of games to never play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I have I, a list. I, I do now. I've started. <laughs> started for this for this entry. <laughs> for like I'm gonna have about twenty games on it by the end. <laughs> Probably. Alrighty, Bash. What are you gonna pick for your first one? Okay, so before we really get going, I felt like I needed to caveat um, all Ooh, of my okay. picks in the respect that you know, I'm a person who jumped at Agent 47's reflection in Hitman 2. <laughs> that was a classic moment. <laughs> what I'm saying I'm really is glad I was there for that. I'm Same. an incredibly jumpy person, so I don't really play horror games. And all five of my games I realised are picks from things that I played on stream, which is to say <laughs> peer pressure sometimes works apparently. Yeah, I've yeah, played more <laughs> horror type games because of <laughs> streaming than I ever have in my entire life previously. So uh, my first pick was the first game I ever streamed properly. Uh, the Last of Us, the Naughty Dog horror title, I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah. And God, it just shows because I've like already forgotten who is in it and what it's about. <laughs> I just remember that it freaked the shit out of me. <laughs> and I played all of it and then was like, Hmm. And that is me done with this game forever, evermore. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I know that I have the second game still on disc. It's still in its wrapping. 
Um. <laughs> in the fridge. Yeah, it's in the fridge. <laughs> Where it can't hurt you. But but yeah, the, I, it's it's one of those games where so there's the relationship between Joel and Ellie. I'm sort of going to assume most people know what The Last of Us is now. It's been on like seven generations of console, <laughs> and there's a TV series now, which I'm really hyped for, by the way. Same. Like quietly optimistic because of who's in it. But yeah, it, I feel like the relationship between Joel and Ellie. Um, saw me through that entire game but also somehow made me more scared the entire way around because obviously you don't want anything to get Ellie ever it's just some moments I remember is in the basement of some random building and everywhere I was walking there was a thing and everything was trying to get me and kill me and it was horrible Um, (laughs) and I uh Killed everything with fire. I liked fire a lot. If I remember <laughs> right, that was <laughs> that was. I love how these styles you develop in these games: wrench, <laughs> fire, <laughs> wrench on fire. <laughs> no, Bash, they keep giving you like useful tools like guns and things. No, no, no. I shall take the bluntest, most forceful object. Yeah, yeah. But there is a no, saying: like kill it. it with fire. Like that, well, that's yeah, the best 100%. way to kill something that's evil. I prefer kill it with a wrench. <laughs> yeah, kill it with a wrench is a solid. Is the a classic solid. save. So I feel like I need to add a caveat to your caveat in that if these are all going to be things that you've played on Twitch, then I'm going to be here just right reminiscing and really enjoying these because <laughs> I had the best time watching you play these games. And then you just you mentioned Last of Us on stream, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember you playing that. It was amazing. It was so good for me. i mean you know gameplay aside like i have my issues with naughty dog gameplay certainly earlier naughty dog stuff i think they have unreasonable difficulty spikes the mutated fungi's fungus (laughs) humans of like increasing horrifyingness as you get through the game and the noises they make and the they just move very wetly. Like everything's just a bit <laughs> moist and a I bit get, get uneasy. It's a weird description, wetly. but I get it. Yes. <laughs> can you can you be cludgy and wetly? Is that possible? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I mean, wouldn't that be the blotters? The yeah, yeah, the blotters yeah. are definitely cludgy and wetly. Wetly cludgy, yeah. <laughs> Cludgily wet. Sounds like a terrible album name. <laughs> By Joel and the Clickers. Hey. Hey. Like I remember my dad watching the first stream I did, and in the first stream you don't really get to like any of the really horrifying stuff, do you? No. Um, the first bit. Although you get the worst, worst bit, which I remember that being like the first game I played on my first ever twenty-four hour stream, and within five minutes crying, and like, oh, yeah. well, what a way to start the twenty-four hour stream, guys! <laughs> <laughs> in tears. And, but I remember my dad tuning in and being like, oh, Bash, this looks really good. What is it you're playing? Would I like it? And me thinking, because he was watching me do like an action bit where you're like just beating down on humans and, you know, kind of having to sneak around a bit. A thing we all know I hate. So, <laughs> but I was like, yeah, no, no. Um, I don't think you'll like it, though. Um, <laughs> it goes downhill from here. Um <laughs> 
I like to think you were sat there with like your makeup all running down, like a shocked expression. He dad just like, oh, this looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, 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 this. <laughs> no, it was um, no. It's that was kind of it was it spooked me enough that I've still not played the second one. Though I did actually really like end up liking the story of the first one a lot, but I just don't know if I can do more clickers. I oh, I will tell you now. The second game is worse for for me anyway for uh reasons which we may or may not come to a bit later <laughs> the the clickers the first time you meet the clickers it's just absolute horror it's just horror oh. like I, it's just really unpleasant and also something that really always sticks in my mind when the bloater grabs you and you get the kill scene and you just put his fingers in your mouth and he's yeah. pulling your head apart and it cuts just as it's about to tear. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> it's got it's like a Mandela effect kind of thing where I swear I've seen his head split open, but it hasn't. Maybe it's just because uh, Pedro Pascal is going to be playing him in the show and I've seen his head split open. <laughs> <laughs> that was more like a watermelon squish though, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I will say the scariest part for me in The Last of Us wasn't anything to do with the clickers. It was the scene in the fireplace with uh, Ellie and David when you realise David's people have been looking for her and Joel and you realise he's actually a real... I mean, I always got a bit of a Nancy vibe from him, but then you <laughs> realise that he's he's like possibly worse. He's, a, he's worse than a nonce. He's a cannibal nonce. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's like next level Does that mean he eats nonces? No, he's a cannibal, comma, nonce. <laughs> <laughs> Cannibalistic nonce. Yeah, he's a cannibalistic nonce. Uh, there we um, go. Uh, he's, he's just he's just awful. He's just, uh, that's the point where it really hammers home the theme that like The Last of Us Two runs with that people are just way worse than fucking zombies, and maybe we're not worth saving. <laughs> I mean, that's we? a that's a running theme in zombie media anyway, right? Yeah. It's the real monsters are the humans. We are the Walking Dead. And yeah, it's still the clickers that I will have nightmares about. So yeah. you know, just saying. Real, just, really, really great invention. Fuck the clickers, fuck people. Just all fuck off. Yeah. Whoever designed the clickers deserves a raise because they really fucking went for it with that thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I couldn't even imagine that in my worst nightmares. So, what game are you fucking off to play, Chip? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Nice transition. Nicely done. I like that. Uh, well, I'm going to start with a game that in my own head feels synonymous with me and my approach to horror games. And if you know anything of the lore of the Hat Ghost, if you've been following <laughs> me on Twitch for some time, oh, God. then you know I'm going to talk about Visage or Visage? visage. How the fuck do we... Is it Visage? It, yeah. I, I visage. think it's Visage or Visage. Like, it depends which... It's like depends how definition. posh you feel. Um. Garage or garage? <laughs> well, I mean, this is the no, scary I... thing right from the get-go. How to pronounce the fucking game, you know? But like, I've played quite a few of these games. Like I, the kind of walk and scare genre, as I kind of call them. You know, you're in a, a place. It's spooky. You need to find things to find out what the heck is going on and avoid all the like really inevitable scary things. Uh, but I don't know what it was about Visage, Visage, that just felt more intense out of all the all the other games that are similar because you broke it well <laughs> did i break it or did the game break no me? you broke it and it it both both <laughs> all the things <laughs> but it, it did have a bit of a reputation from what i remember before i first played it so that probably didn't help me because i'm i'm of a similar build to bash in this sense and that i'm i don't like 
horror games. Like, I can't play them. I, I'm very bad at them. Uh, but yeah, it's because the game kind of broke or I broke the game or whatever combination you want to put that in. Just not knowing what the fuck was going on just made things worse for me, you know? Uh, but the point is, I had a really bad time playing this game. I was afraid constantly. And I don't know, I kind of thought, because I was playing it on... I think this might have been one of the first horror games I played on stream. But I thought playing it on Twitch, it would be easier. Because I have people there that I'm chatting to, we're having a bit of a joke and a laugh. I'm not, you know, alone in a room or anything like that. But I, I was just on edge <laughs> the entire time. And yeah, the fact that it broke, just, it didn't help. The mm -hmm. confusion, because I didn't know where to go, and I kept running into the ghost, and I didn't like it. <sighs> then <laughs> we have the hat ghost uh, and for those of you that are not in the know i was playing the game and i can't even remember what the setup to it was like it felt like it was a particularly intense moment yeah i think, I think you'd been caught by the ghost and it was resetting right okay that makes sense like may, there must have been like a big scare or something i guess then mm. i i just needed like a moment of like a respite and safety from the terror so I like pulled my hat down across my face like you would like if you're hiding <laughs> under a duvet or had a security blanket or something. <laughs> Shut up. But what I didn't realize <laughs> is that my headphones had started to slip on the top of my head and hat and started to fall down. And as they gathered momentum, to me, for whatever reason, it felt like something had grabbed my hat in the room. And my reaction was to throw my hands in the air, I knocked my hat off, I knocked my headphones off, I had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> oh, it is God. Art. It is pure art. Uh, and I'm so very glad account. it was on stream. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm so glad that it's there for everyone to see me being a complete idiot. But, like, for those split few seconds, I genuinely thought I was going to be killed by a ghost. It felt <laughs> really real. Oh. <laughs> it's like... One, what happened? <laughs> I couldn't work it out until I saw like my hat and my headphones on the floor and me being alive. <laughs> oh. It's one of the most genuinely terrifying moments of my entire life. And I don't know if I should blame the game or my own stupidity, but here we are. It's happened. It's a thing. And it's glorious. <laughs> Whatever happens to us in this life, we will always have the hat ghost. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, you know, if you had to sum me up in one clip, it would probably be that, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to pick a PT as one of my games, actually, like, but it didn't quite make the cut, because, uh, like, no one can play it now, because uh, Konami mm. are a bunch of diarrhea dicks. <laughs> so, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's just really scary and ingenious, and it's, like, design... And it did reshape the face of horror, like changed how Resident Evil games are made, and it did inspire a lot of indie knockoffs like Visage or Visage, however. So it was like both of them. Both of them. It's just so I was just thinking. I just wanted to take a moment to like thank uh, Hideo Kojima for making it possible for Hat Ghost to exist. <laughs> His cultural impact is unknown. It's just... I knew I didn't like Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> he is a genius. He's scared yeah. Me, so. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon style, he scared you. <laughs> well, then I played Death Stranded and that was the scariest thing of all, so... We're not getting into that. <laughs> okay, Becky, we're on to round two now, so I would like to hear your second pick. Okay, so we are going back to the very early days of me as a gamer. 
when I had my PlayStation 1, all was right with the world, and I hadn't seen Alien or Aliens or Alien 3. I think Alien 4 was probably out, but I definitely hadn't seen that one. And my dad picked up the Alien Trilogy PS1 game, and so he started playing it, we started watching, and it got, like, it freaked my little brother out. Um, to the point where he was like, I can't go on aliens because I might die on aliens. And that was all he kept saying, like, whenever it happened. He was, I think he was, like, six or seven. He's just like, no, I might die on aliens. Um, and so <laughs> if that's I like, feel like that now, yeah, some horror games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I decided to give it a go. So I had, I had no idea about the films at this point at all. I just knew of it. And holy crap... <laughs> It's so scary. And again, it's an, I think like one of the common things with me is going to be sound. Because the sound in this, you have the, the um, motion sensor that they use in Aliens. You have one of those with you that you pick up quite early in the game. And it just like, boop, boop, all the way through. And then as soon as that boop starts like speeding up, it's like, fuck, fuck, Ooh. fuck. And you just forget everything that you've ever learned about playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like the the face huggers they'll like skitter across the floor and then they disappear for a second and then appear on your face because it's all first person so suddenly you have like a, you have a face hugger like, like literally on your face and I'm sure the graphics aren't as good as I remember them being but I do remember the whole kind of like succubus type thing going on and then so you'd have all these face huggers crawling everywhere then the actual xenomorph would appear and like stab you um, and they screech as well like they do in the films and then there was no one else there it was just you and the aliens wandering around and Ripley had really like specific kind of footsteps they sounded like you know like dress shoes on like laminate flooring that kind of really specific like clicking Ooh. as they were walking so you could always hear your footsteps and I was like why, why are you being so loud like they can hear you <laughs> if I can hear you me I, like they can hear you and you know you'd have to go things like collecting batteries for doors you'd find the passes for um former Wayland yutani employees like just on the floor and there was like splatters of gore at one point you find people like cocooned in a room and they're just going like help me out of the wall Ugh. and I'm like Ugh. Oh, no. I must have been about 11, 10 or 11. It was not the age to be playing this game. <laughs> but yeah, so when I finally got to watch Alien, I was like, I'm going to be fine. I know what this is about. Um, and of course, the Alien trilogy is nothing like the films. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I was very surprised and terrified all over again. I guess it helps that Ripley's not wearing tap dancing shoes in the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. She definitely moves a lot quieter. Because I think... From what I remember, like I don't, I don't know if you're actually playing Ripley or if you're playing someone else, because it's very like, it's very vague, and I didn't look back into it. I didn't get a chance to kind of research it, but yeah, it's because it's all first person, so you don't get kind of much sense of who you are. And again, that periphery thing of you know you can't see what's coming, and the game is dark. Like the brightness settings for that game are insane. Um, so you'd be like wandering down a corridor and think you'd be fine because your little boop isn't going off. And then you'd turn a corner and it'd be like, boop, 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 and you're just dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it did have great weapons. That's what I remember. And you got depth charges. So basically my tactic ended up being like, I'm going to run into them 
and run backwards, throwing Liz depth charges, and that's going to work. <laughs> it's a good tactic. I like it. It was, yeah. And it meant I didn't actually have to get too close. Perfect. <laughs> Freaky. A, yeah. Yes. I like this style. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something about kind of that older generation, especially PS1 games, when they have that kind of almost lack of production value that they do now for obvious reasons, you know, 20 years later. So what they kind of lack in terms of graphics and sound design and maybe acting in, in, on occasions as well, mm. it just adds to that sort of uncanny valley kind of feel of them. And I think that makes them more spooky in a way. Definitely. And I think as well with with the, the graphics and the sound especially, like because your brain automatically fills in the gaps. It's like a horror movie where you don't see the monster for a really long time. Like Alien itself. You know, you're filling in the gaps of what it might be that is there. So you kind of, like, every shadow becomes a threat and every corner becomes a potential, like, kill zone. So you're really on edge. And I do, I remember being sat there, like, we used to have this, like, footstool that we'd sat on to play games on. And I'd be there with, like, my shoulders up around my ears and my knees up to my shoulders, just, like, (laughs) hunched, like, (laughs) just terrified. Um, why my parents let me play that game, I have no idea, because I definitely had nightmares about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this is going on the list as well. I'm just going to add yeah. that. No. Yeah, because you might die on Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I replayed Alien Trilogy when I was researching my uh, Every Alien and Predator game ranked list for oneuppod.com, and I think it holds up like surprisingly well. Like, mm-hmm. like you had mentioned like you're not not being 100% sure if the graphics were up to snuff, but I think the visual presentation of Alien Trilogy is, like, a big part of why it works so well. Like, some horror-themed, like, shooters, they kind of forget that you need to be able to comprehend your surroundings at least a little Mm. bit, otherwise you're just not going to enjoy yourself. In Alien Trilogy, the rooms are, like, some of the rooms are, like, you know, darker than a coal digger's ass, (laughs) but... The alien sprites are shaded just right, so they blend into the shadows at a certain distance, but that gives you long enough not to notice they're there, mm. and then suddenly when you notice they're there, they're coming at you. And it gives you enough time to, like, shit yourself, but yeah. also, like, start firing off randomly, like, ah! Yeah. As long as I've got time to shit myself. Yeah, you've got, as long as you've got time to shit yourself. It, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's definitely still a scary game, I think. And, uh, and I think, like... A lot like, scarier than Doom. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, specifically, the one bit I always remember is the very first alien you encounter, because they're behind a door, and you open the door, and they're just there. And I remember just, like, screeching. <laughs> I think I died immediately, because I panicked too quickly and didn't, like, get a shot off or anything. But it really, like, it really throws you in there. And, it yeah, it's such an effective way of kind of reviving that character and that kind of horror element while doing something new with it. I mean, the facehuggers as well. The first time I got got by a facehugger was genuinely terrifying because they just filled the screen and, like, were grabbing at you and you were dying and, yeah. Blech. I also Not like good. that their blood does hurt you. So yes. if you, like, go crazy and kill them, the blood's all over the floor. You have to walk through that stuff. You're getting fucked yeah. up. Yeah. So you're going to be in trouble the next time another alien runs around the corner. It's, there's a lot of detail in those games, yeah. even if they're taking massive liberties with the story. Yeah, because <laughs> like Ripley's running liberties. around alien with a gun and a shotgun and a flamethrower and the pulse everything. rifle. So, I love that the just, pulse rifle makes an appearance. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah. Okay, Andy. Well, as you got in a really seamless, lovely plug for the website, I think you should go next. And also, it's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going with next. I'm going with Resident Evil Village. 
Uh, so there's a lot of Resident Evil games I could have picked because they've been scaring me since day one. Uh, there's like the dogs crashing through the window in Resident Evil 1, uh, yep. the liquor in Resident Evil 2, yep. the creepy-ass villages in Resident Evil 4, uh-huh. uh, Lisa <laughs> Trevor in Resident Evil Remake. Didn't play that. The Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 Remake or the Bakers in Resident Evil 7. There's lots of those things I could have picked, but I'm going with House Beneviento. It's one of the later stages. After after you've got rid of the uh, tall vampire woman, like you end up in this creepy little house on a hill. And for a lot of Resident Evil Village, it's like good ghoulish fun. But House Beneviento, it's possibly one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in a video game. They start as you lose all of your weapons. That can just fuck off, because the one thing Resident Evil always does is give you some a fighting chance, even if it is a little futile. It gives you at least that kind of... It makes you feel like you could do something, even if you couldn't. It's that. So, yeah, you're immediately put in sort of on the back burner there. And secondly, a possessed doll is terrorising you the entire time. Nope. Uh, one one of my biggest fears is a ventriloquist <laughs> doll. Or puppets, like just any kind of creepy-looking doll in general. Uh, I just the, the way this one—it's—it's it's very specific as well. The way this one moves, it, it perfectly matches every horrible nightmare I've ever had about dolls coming alive. It's just like this horribly raggedy, like wretched, like wild kind of movements. Like some, like something's not fully controlling its limbs. It's just really unsettling and just really <laughs> fucks me up every time it appears. <laughs> And then, and if I wasn't like that, wasn't enough to make me like just want to cry and give up playing the game, even though like Capcom had gave me a free copy, so I had to finish it and review it. <laughs> uh, at, the, at a certain point, a giant mutant fetus starts stalking you around the corridors, shrieking, oh. <laughs> mama, and gurgling, uh-huh, sure. whimpering, crying when it can't find you. It's it's all warped and loud, but it's very distinctly baby talk. Absolutely not. It's just Isn't it's one of the, the most disturbing things I've ever be? seen. So. Did Capcom go, okay, this terrifying puppet is enough. What we need is a giant scary fetus as well. They could have spread these things out. There's multiple areas you have to go in this game. And, like, the rest of it's, like, a good lark. There's, like, a big fish man who decides to, like, attack you. There's, like, a monster made out of, like, just scrap metal. There's lots of really cool shit, but they started to cram all of the worst stuff in this (laughs) one house where you didn't have a single fucking gun on you. (laughs) (laughs) Bastards. It's just... It's awful like it's the only part of resident evil village that i was just 100 percent grateful to be done with there's parts in the other, the other levels where I, oh that was really fun i wish i could play that again that was really mental i had a really great time that bit's like no i it makes me want to i, I don't even know if i want to replay the game just because of that scene that whole section just is that <laughs> it was just that awful it was terrible and no and i'm <laughs> amazed i managed to play or ever want to play another resident evil game afterwards Chip, I'm starting my own list. That's going on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that's a bit, fair. Of, bit of something for everybody. Off, everything no. off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we. It sounds like we've all had quite a strong reaction to that, and it's just no. Yeah. I was a very brave boy for finishing it. I'll tell myself that. You were. Oh, I'll no, tell you like, that genuinely. as well. That I would have yeah. walked away. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, 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 Bash, quick, quick help. Uh, okay. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously you're going to give us something with sunshine and bunny rabbits, aren't you? It's not sunshine and bunny rabbits, but it is a bunch of teens in a cabin. <laughs> okay, 
which you know, potato, potato. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason Voorhees. I'm off, I've often thought that. <laughs> um, no, I'm of course talking about Until Dawn. Yes. Um, the first horror game that felt like it fit into one of my specific niches, which is like story choice driven games. And people get telling me, Sasha, you really like teen like slasher type films you know like scream and stuff like you'll like this one trust us (laughs) and then i played it publicly on stream of course because that was my caveat (laughs) at the start of this (laughs) what a fucking horrifying few hours that was wasn't it (laughs) no 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 it was brilliant it was yeah it was great i loved it the thing is it put me so on edge like i was playing it during the day like not night um but it put me so on edge that when the postman knocked on my door at one point while I was playing it, it scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> like, I just, you, the just constant expectation of jump scares. It's definitely one of those that really relies on its jump scares and just on, on the vibe, playing as all of the different characters. And then of course there's just the like, you could get them all killed, or they could all survive, or a mixture of, and you won't know till the end, necessarily. I think it had, like, a really good, like, a twist, kind of. Well, as in, it felt felt like it was setting up for one thing. And then you realise you had, like, another four hours to go. Wait, what? This wasn't the end? Oh my god. Mm. So then, you know, just as you're kind of settling yourself for, oh, it's done, finally. No, it was not. It was not done. No. Not at all. Um, it's all cryptid horror and i think like they i genuinely i just think that they stuck the landing with it like for that kind of game i think it's about the yeah. perfect length it's yeah. about it's yeah. about it's like 10 hours right i should know i played it enough times to get the platinum <laughs> so um i got it perfected by the end like um all the beats and stuff but like there were bits of it that still got me even after playing it like a few times in spite of the fact that i knew they were coming some of the jump scares still got me, which I've not really experienced in the past with jump scares. I know that's a lie. Alien, the film, in the pipes, that yeah. still gets me very yeah. much yeah. so, even yeah. though I know it's coming. I really like those kind of games. I like that then it sparks all that conversation of, um, you know, because your first playthrough is your true playthrough of yeah. those kind of games. Yeah. And that really cool, like, oh, who lived and who died, kind of, <laughs> you know, like, it's a bit different to your Telltale or like um, Life is Strangers and stuff like that, where you just can be like, oh, what was your decisions? It's not who did you let fucking die? Huh? <laughs> the judgment. And, yeah. and who did you actually want to die? Cough, Emily. Cough, Ugh. cough. I still regret that she survived my playthrough. She's so good at surviving, it's really annoying. How you just can't kill her. I shot her in the head. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Although sometimes I think this is still a bit of a damning indictment of this kind of game anyway. I think she has the most possible times of dying. Mm. But also she is literally the worst. She is the worst. So it kind of tracks that you would have multiple opportunities to be like, no, fuck her. (laughs) (laughs) And in like a traditional traditional, like slasher horror as well, there is always an absolute cowbag who will get her just desserts. So I didn't feel bad if she did die. No. I actually felt worse that she survived. Because morality yeah. just couldn't take it. I tried to get her killed and she wouldn't. She refused. <laughs> just wouldn't die. And I got her there's, boyfriend there's a whole killed scene by where accident. You can shoot her in the head. <laughs> just shoot her. You had the. Yeah, I know, but I felt bad doing that. I didn't want her to die like <laughs> that way. I mean, 
In my, in I don't want to kill her. I want to let her yeah. die. In my defense, I shot her because I completely misunderstood the mythology of Wendigos. So I, was, I was thinking of werewolves. So I just thought, yeah, fuck this. Boom. And then said, oh, no, bites don't do that. Yeah, no, well, she did not eat of the flesh. Burp. <laughs> See, I don't think I shot her in the Everybody Dies run or in the there's one where it's like all the girls die and one run where all the guys die. So yeah, I played that game at least five times <laughs> in very quick succession. Yay, hyperfocus. So um <laughs> I think that's a really good sign though, right? Like it scared you so much, but you've just played it lots because it's a good game. Yeah. I I genuinely think it's a really solid game. I think yeah. the only bit that I think is genuine horse shit is the <laughs> mechanic where you have to keep the controller still. That is yeah. Totally and yeah, I say that yeah. as a person because I have a tremor, so it's really unfair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they, they did fix that for um, the quarry. It, it's a much better mechanic. It's just about timing rather than... Yeah. You just have to hold a button and then... But that was three games it. later, though. <laughs> yeah, it took them a long time to work that out. Yeah. I mean, they did fix it in the Dark Pictures stuff a little bit, but... I was going to say, the Man of Medan, it's a heartbeat it. thing, isn't it? But yeah. the man yes. and Madame was I fucked shit, that up a bunch. So. Yeah. See, Becky, I, it, I almost picked that, but I feel like there was an element because we were playing together and Becky, because we are two smart as heck people, yeah. we realised quite early that we were attacking each other. Yeah. I'd also seen Yeah, Andy yeah me and Andy realised that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, fair yeah, enough. You yeah, so I had him. Um, <laughs> and you did pretty well at not letting on on that. But yeah. I still feel like we picked up on it really quickly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so then the rest of it, like, I I know we haven't played any of the others yet and we keep intending to, but, like, I think the Man of Medan didn't really scare me. No. Versus... It's all bullshit. It's all a fake out. It's just... Yeah. 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 Versus Until yeah, yeah. Dawn, which scared me repeatedly and in different ways. It wasn't just the Wendigo. There was the guy who, the Watcher of the Woods, who you think might be the one with his mm. flamethrower. The, you know, the, there's the creepy in the basement when you work out the, the twist of what's originally happening. Them, them weird little doll houses and like the yeah. shadows mm. that keep running. Oh man, it, it, it sort of. They throw a lot of takes, stuff at you. It yeah. takes so much inspiration from so many like other horror elements. And I think it actually implements them quite well. Yeah. I th- and I think as well, it handles the various like, the various stages of the different like levels of what's going on in the story so you have like josh's revenge then the watcher in the woods stuff then the wendigo stuff and like it all kind of peels back really nicely so it doesn't feel like a fake out like man of madan did like mm. it, it feels like organic like it just happened that all these you know events were converging and man of madan is just a big disappointment Ugh. i think especially compared to until dawn yeah. i think that says a lot about how good until dawn is like i haven't played the quarry but all the games well the two games in between that have just been lacking completely compared to that the quarry is definitely on until dawn's level like it's much more comprehensive like they have a lot more fun they throw loads of ideas at the wall and see what sticks it's a lot more like until dawn they don't just have one idea and run with it until you realize it's a bad idea (laughs) there's so many ideas that's thrown at you and pretty much all of them land which is really nice like until dawn even the fake outs i don't get annoyed by the fake outs mm. i just i had they, they were fun and they like help build yeah. towards the wendigo thing where it's like suddenly the shit really does start hitting the fans and you're like, oh my god it's a really good way of setting you up yeah and i think it's um, as well yeah and it's a really good 
example of all of those things put together for sure like you said it's it like that it still holds up and i think some of that is obviously the way the story unfolds itself um the butterfly effect system i think is really good mm. yeah like the idea that you pick stuff up and you know that it could impact something down the line it's it's a different way of just i know these games do it all the time but like because you had them little videos and the foretelling of the future stuff yeah the totem yeah. stuff is really cool because you're like oh it's significant but why <laughs> yeah so yeah no that was my my pick that's also the game first game where there is a clip of me throwing my controller at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's nice as well because uh, Until Dawn is not going to go on my list of things I will never play. Yay! Because I've already played it. But also, Yay. I have replayed it as well. So, yeah. Chipotle. Yes. For my second choice, I'm going to go with Doom 3. Doom! No. Mm. That is, that, that was, I thought that was an interesting choice. Yes, and there's a very, very specific... A lot of my choices are going to be for very specific certain moments, and this is very true when it comes to Doom 3, because I only came to the Doom franchise like almost out of semi-necessity, because I'd never played the originals back in the day, and the only reason I ever played Doom 3 was because I got stranded in Brisbane in Australia for a week. <laughs> so I was getting a coach from Bundberg in Queensland down to Melbourne, which was, I think, about a 39-hour bus journey. And we had a little changeover in Brisbane, um, but because there was flooding on the roads, there were no buses to Melbourne. So I got stuck in Brisbane. I had to check into the cheapest hostel that I could find because I had very little money, and I would go back to the bus station every day to see if they were running for an entire week, and they weren't until the very last day. So I was trying to find ways to keep myself like occupied in Brisbane during the days without spending any cash. So I did like all the free touristy stuff. I walked around the city loads, but that took me about two days. And then on about the third day, I eventually found an internet and gaming cafe where it was like for $10, you can spend, you know, like I don't know, 10 hours on a computer. And I was like, great, that's a really good investment for the day. You know, I can just get water and I, that'll be absolutely fine. But they didn't have very many games in terms of choice, but they did have Doom 3. And I was like, oh, I've heard of Doom, never played it, but yay, let's play Doom. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Doom 3 is a lot scarier and more horror-like than the originals. Is that fair to say? It's much more of a survival horror yes. than a, just a first-person shooter. Yes. I wasn't prepared for that. I thought it was just a straight-up shooter. <laughs> so I was sat in a row of people literally jumping in my seat, just feeling so self-conscious about how animated I was at the scares that were happening. Because you've all seen me play horror games. You get it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I played that game for about a half an hour, maybe less. And I eventually screamed out loud in front of a room full of people, immediately switched the computer off. I got up, I left the cafe. Like, I barely scratched the time that I'd actually paid for. And <laughs> that was it. Doom 3 makes my list purely for that moment. I paid it for half an hour... And it scared me so much I left the fucking building, so... Yeah, for, for like, context, Doom 3, unlike the other Dooms, like, for some weird reason, they made it so you could, couldn't could carry a gun and a flashlight at the same time. So you'd be Stupid. walking around just with a flashlight. It's just, abs- just oppressively dark everywhere you went. The power was So off. dark. you just turn around a corner and there'd be something horrible going on. you just catch it in, like, the beam of your torch. And if yeah. you needed to shoot them, you have to swap it for a gunner. And then suddenly you can't see anything because it's pitch black. <laughs> it, it was awful. I, I, I remember being really pissed off at Doom 2, Doom 3 when it came out because I finally had a PC 
that could play Doom games. And the new one was coming out, I was really excited. And then suddenly I was crapping myself, kind of like Chip. But at least I was in my bedroom and not like around. Yeah, you're free to scream and flail yeah. around like an idiot. Yeah, I, I wasn't surrounded by like Australians, I don't think. <laughs> And they were all playing, it was either Warcraft or something very similar to Warcraft, because there was like a big group of them, and they were all sort of like, yeah, yay, Warcraft things. And then there's me just in the middle of them going, fuck it in hell. <laughs> <sighs> it was not, it was not fun. I've like, I never gone back and played that game because of that. I don't know if it actually is a good game, how the story unfolds, if there is a story, or if it's just oppressive blackness for 10 hours. They actually, um, I know Bethesda, once they bought the Doom IP, they re-released it as, the I think it's the BFG edition, where they changed the, the mechanics, so you could have a torch and a gun at the same time. They obviously got people complaining so much, they thought, you know, let's just give them a much less effective version of this game, which, that's the Bethesda way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I... It just doesn't seem to make sense because I think even the average person can hold a gun in one hand and a torch in the other, you know? Especially a Marine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Maybe. to do. <laughs> <laughs> you must have skipped that day of basic. <laughs> it's not like all of basic. <laughs> Amazing they could turn the torch on. Fucking idiot. <laughs> I'd actually love to see like a doom style like game or film where you just play the most incompetent people ever <laughs> and you're just like steve what do we do i don't know <laughs> oh, i stood on something oh i want that so much <laughs> he's just blundering about trying, <laughs> trying to do shining the torch in his face yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch out clive they've got weapons oh no it's just a torch never mind <laughs> Inevitable friendly fire incident. <laughs> yeah, that's just ended up shooting each other with pulse rifles. <laughs> ah! like, that's how the game ends. Yeah. It's two hours of them trying to get the guns to work and they're just, oh, fuck! A Mexican standoff of idiots. <laughs> Which could be the, the, the subtitle to the podcast, I think. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> that's, there we go. That's it. Yep. Glad we got that sorted, guys. Well, Becky, as one of those idiots, could I hear your third choice, please? <laughs> you can, and it's linked to my last one, because I love the Alien movies. I love Alien media, not Alien vs. Predator, you can go away. <laughs> but Alien Isolation is my next pick, which is a game oh, I have not yes. finished. And it's a yeah. game I've not got very far into, <laughs> because I encountered the Alien for the first time and kept dying, kept getting freaked out, hid in a cupboard... And famously, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, my character has been in the cupboard ever since. Just not come out. It's been years. No, I mean, I can't comment on what it's like when the alien actually, the AI kicks in. Because, I, oh. yeah, I didn't get that far. I was still in very much in the scripted bit. And I was just like, nope, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. But I wanted to give it a shout out for just like the general kind of atmosphere um, even before you get up to that bit, because obviously it plays yeah. really well with the idea that you know what the alien is as an audience. You're, you know, it's a pop cultural icon of a of a villain, so it very much plays with that kind of it's coming. You know, it's in there somewhere, and it really kind of ramps up that tension until that bit where you do finally see it for the first time, and it's a cracking entrance. Also, the like the the androids that are dotted around the space station that you're exploring. Oh, yeah, the, the prototypes, aren't they? So yeah. really weird and basic and oh, inhuman. Terrifying. So 
as you can probably tell from my reaction to Andy's Resident Village stuff, I have a real thing about mannequins and dolls. And that's exactly what these look like. They look like like shop mannequins refitted. And they do that weird like staring thing where they don't quite come for you straight away. They kind of clock you and then they do this weird horrible like run at you. Oh. So even before the alien showed up, I was absolutely cacking my pants and remain so for like the whole thing that I played and it goes down as like probably the point where I decided that you know horror games not for me <laughs> I don't I never played them at all really anyway um aside from the examples we've talked about which you know arguably aren't horror specifically but yeah I I I put Alien Isolation down I took the disc out and I put it in a cupboard and there it has stayed <laughs> Much like your Ever character, since. just like my character, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, fucking by up. now, surely the aliens fucked off. It must be bored, right? I think you could probably come out the cupboard. It does I... not get bored. No. It does oh not. god. I tried that. I tried waiting it out, and it just ripped the door of the cupboard off. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, yeah." <laughs> Okay, then. Oh, I like to think it's just sat there, like knitting or yeah. watching like Cory or something <laughs> like that. You know, like oh, they'll come out eventually. Yeah, just just chilling out with a cup of tea until. I finally uh, <laughs> decide to make a room for it. Got like rollers in its hair. <laughs> well, just like dressing gown. The big head tail thing is just like up in one massive roller to get the perfect curl. <laughs> oh, it's living its best life. Yeah, that that version of the alien, absolutely great. I'd I'd deal with that. <laughs> you said something about like the build, how long it takes to build up to the reveal. Mm. I, I I felt that when I replayed it again. Um, a lot of horror games like they don't understand the concept of a slow burn even mm. like dead space like blows its load within minutes isolation like takes so long building to that reveal like you hear movement in the vent around you but you don't know if it's like something or if it's just the ship the metal is like expanding and things like that because yeah. the ship's in rough state and then there's a bit where you walk you're climbing through a vent like to avoid some violent looters or something like that and then there's light fittings in the vent and you, you see the light start to move, like something's run past it and disturbed the light so they're just swaying wildly. And you're like, oh, fuck, but there's nothing there. And like, you just keep going until the alien finally shows up and that the entrance is absolutely cack-your-pants terrifying. Yeah. But it's the AI stuff that really fucks me up because that thing, they really did a great job of making that thing aggressively smart. It just doesn't give you a fucking inch. You really have to put in the work to try and avoid it. It's just unrelenting. You do need to take breaks from that thing, otherwise you'd just be a stress ball for the rest of your <laughs> week. Yeah, I, I, and I mean, as as great as I thought the game was, and I, I really did, I was enjoying it. I just think, like, I, I think I got to the point where I was just, I was so tense that, you know, it stopped being fun and just became absolutely... Yeah terrifying <laughs> and i was like i can appreciate this on a very very technical level i think it's great what they've done and yeah you're right like the tension like it just it's so well done because you you're just on edge the whole time but yeah i, I just i couldn't do it it was just too much yeah i i feel like this was a game that i had on my i should play list which I now have as well. Uh, but just everything that you said has just made me want to move it across to the <laughs> never playlist because it just sounds like all the things that I don't like in horror games, which is everything in horror <laughs> games, to be fair. But like, yeah, vents and smart enemies and 
not having many weapons, especially early on in the game. Like, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't want to yeah. play it. Please yeah. don't make me. And and like it's the the thing with the androids as well is you have to be like you have to be on it with the snack because they will. Like they're they're clever as well. They will figure out where you are, and it's not Ugh. always about figuring out the patterns because sometimes the patterns change if they detect like a oh. sound. Yeah, so, there's, there's no set pattern. There. Yeah, it, it, it will like change its behavior depending on its the circumstances. And if they think there's a threat, they get steadily more aggressive until it's confirmed. So there's no like there's no <laughs> respite at all in that game. Oh, so they don't do that thing where like enemies are like oh there's there's ten thousand dead people here but it's probably fine yeah. we'll go back to our post now oh i it's thought like i heard Skyrim something <laughs> <laughs> how strange i thought i saw something and you're just there in a hedge like uh <laughs> <laughs> why is it whistling at me better go and have a look yeah <laughs> oh I, I remember playing skyrim i robbed a house like blind just and every time the person came down the stairs i just ducked behind a table <laughs> and just walked away every time <laughs> There's just progressively less and less stuff in there. <laughs> like, all the furniture's gone, the bricks, everything. They're like, oh no, it's fine. If, like, I think, um, I think it was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I, I like basically lured like so many people over. There was just literally a pile of corpses, <laughs> and they just kept like wandering over me, like, huh, and walking back off again. I was like, how am I getting away with this? Like, this is a literal mass murder in your bush. Like, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I said that on purpose. <laughs> That's not that a subtitle like a of the podcast. <laughs> no, I said that on purpose. I knew I'd get Thank that you. reaction. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know us too well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of a pile of corpses, Andy, what is your next pick? I don't know how to take that, but let's just move on. <laughs> My next pick is Red Dead Redemption 2. And this oh. doesn't seem like a game that's going to scare the living daylights out of you at, at first glance. And yet it's got some of the most incredible like, examples of horror I've seen in a game. Yes. Like yes. the Whispering Wood that haunted me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's where my mind went. Yeah. Uh, the the mission when the you're heading into guy. Beaver Creek with all the yeah. crazy yep. hillbillies. Yep. The, the others that live in the swamps that are just like oh, yeah. wild oh, things. Oh, shit. Yeah, the night people. Fuck. Yeah, the night people. Oh, I'd forgotten about um, them. Like when you find the mystery man's shack and it's got the creepy foreshadowing of what's going to happen to you. Like really horrible paintings that get progressively more mutilated. The first yes. game you get. But the moment I'm going to focus on, and it terrified me beyond comprehension to the point where I, I just I feel like I'd forgotten what game I was playing or that I was playing a game at all. Uh, I had to like, take a long walk outside just to get over it. And that's the... Mother shitting bastard fucking bear house. Oh! <laughs> yes. So, for the yes. benefit of those not in the know, so, so, while, you, while you're exploring this vast wilderness of the game's map, sometimes you come across a cabin. And, like, usually there's no big deal. You walk inside, you'll find some, like, tragic piece of environmental storytelling, like a dead family or, like, a note or something like that. In this case, you walk through the door and it's at that point you realise the back half of the cabin, it just doesn't exist anymore. It's been smashed to pieces and there's just a whole fucking bear inside that cabin and it pounces on you and I feel like my heart stopped and I don't know how I don't even remember it starting to beat again, but it was just the most awful thing that has ever happened to me in a Rockstar game and I've played both Manhunt games. It just 
it was awful and like I, I really needed to calm down after it. Once I'd killed the bear and I like gathered myself, I started looking into the story of it and appreciating how fucked up and sad that story was as well. Yeah. But it that took a while because that fucking bear just poof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I say the condemned jump scare is one of the worst. This this tops that. That's just you don't go into a cabin expecting an entire bear there. It's just not something you do. Yeah, you're not Goldilocks. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, God, not we're back at... No, not Goldilocks again. She can't keep coming back. <laughs> no. We always go back to Goldilocks. <laughs> but yeah, that, that moment. I, I think, like, the horror in Red Dead Redemption 2 is so, like, subtly done most of the time. Like, the, the quiet... Uh, obviously, like, the... Um, the hillbillies less so because that's very like the hills have eyes but the um like the the environmental storytelling you talk about there's all that quiet horror of like a mother going out to find food for her sons but she locks them in and doesn't come back and there's the man who sets off to to pick up his new bride and his carriage goes over the cliff and she sends him a letter saying i can't believe you didn't turn up to get me the one that always gets me is the couple on the mountain in the north um, that oh, you find yeah. who freeze to death. And I like I got to that bit oh, and just yeah. sort of sat next to them and was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like in terms of jump scares, the bear is it's it's right up there. I didn't think that was what you were gonna mention, but yeah, woof. It did like scare <laughs> the pants off me. Yeah, I had a long list and then I remembered the bear. I must have repressed it for a while, <laughs> but then I remembered it and it- yeah, that's the one. That's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. And when you said Red Dead Two, like I, I was, my immediate thought was like, oh, there's nothing scary in that. And then just slowly started to remember as you were reeling them off. Yeah. There is a lot of scary stuff yeah. in that game. Yeah. Like, also, the vampire is quite creepy when you find that for the first yes. time. And also, there's literally Satan in a cave. Yeah. So. Yeah. And a serial, a serial killer. Serial yeah. killer and the UFO. Yeah. Place. Oh yeah, the we, UFO we, place. Yeah. <gasps> The one I think is like, it's just, it's again, it's another one of those tragic like story things, but it's the face being carved into the mountain and you find the guy who had been carving it or what happens to him. And there's just that kind of like, it's almost like a giant tombstone of his work, like above where you find him that kind of haunts the landscape, which I always think is like really quietly creepy. Mm, yeah. And it also has the turtle cult, which is great. Because it yeah. gave me shell of safety, shell of safety, shell of safety. <laughs> it was nice to come across a cult in that game that like, doesn't scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Like, okay, these are a bunch of dogs. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's also the couple that try and eat you. Yes. Yeah, the really creepy brother and sister. Which, They're awful. Which is based, I think it's a reference to an actual true crime is, story. Yeah. yeah. Um, the bloody, oh, really? Yeah, it's called um, The Bloody Benders were a family yeah. who ran um they ran an inn and basically they had a whole setup where they would like invite people in who'd been traveling for a long time and they'd sit them down in a particular chair for their meal and they'd drug them and then like pull there was like a whole thing where they pulled the chair back, slit their throat, and then they went into the basement and then like <laughs> they were like an evil Wallace and Gromit. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> but it was a whole family. I think it was a German family. German immigrant family and yeah, there was something to do with the pigs uh, as well like help them clear clean up which you get in the red dead family yeah. um and then uh, basically one of the victims they picked someone quite reputable without realizing and his brother comes 
like riding to to catch them but by that point they'd just gone and they vanished like there's no record of them anywhere else in history <laughs> it's it's amazing but yeah so they i love that they drew on like actual wild west kind of horror stories for for that sort of thing oh it's giving me the heebie-jeebies yeah oh it's such a good game <laughs> we'll have to talk about it at length at some point yes it's a deal oh god we'll need like a 10 part of that, oh 100 i've got so oh, many notes can't like, wait just in general <laughs> not even fun. i will listen <laughs> yeah I, d- I don't like i wouldn't even try and make you play that game again <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll put that on your list of games that you'd never yeah. play <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> yeah fair fair but what is a game that you have played that you would like to pick next Good segue. Sorry. Nicely Thank done. you. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Mine's it's two games. Um really, but they're spiritually so similar that I don't think you can talk about one without the other. It's uh Play Dead's Limbo and Inside. Ooh. They're two puzzle platform games and they are just all about the vibes. Limbo was first in like 2010 and the makers described it as a trial and death game rather than trial and error (laughs) so you play it's all in black and white so it sort of uses lighting and ambient sounds to sort of indicate where you need to be going and what you need to be doing there are sections that are like entirely in darkness and you just have to listen for you know the things that might kill you it you are in both games the protagonist is a young boy the deaths are incredibly gruesome and that was intentional it it's what earned the mature rating on the games um intentionally the deaths are incredibly gruesome to be like a teaching moment to stop people trying to brute force something the wrong way like if you just keep getting a young boy killed over and over again it's somehow horrifying and so the first one is set in like a forest and you're trying to find your sister if I remember correctly. You're looking for somebody. I think it's your sister. Yeah, I think so. And there's giant spiders Mm-mm. and lots of other bugs and if any of the humans you bump into, there is a mix between they might try and kill you or they're just like entirely useless and can't help you in any way. And it has some really frustrating as fuck puzzles, like using anti-gravity and stuff like that. And it has something of an ambiguous ending as well, which I really respect. I really like that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those where it's intentionally difficult. I was able to finish it, so I I would hazard to say it's not too difficult, but there were definitely parts that were hard. <laughs> um, like Celeste, kind of hard. Although yeah. not as hard as Celeste, I don't <laughs> think. And then Inside kind of takes everything they learned from Limbo and ramps it up. <laughs> Yeah. The, <laughs> oh yeah. It's 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 set more. It's a little bit more. It, it kind of has more elements to it. There's scientists and like guard dogs, and uh, the light is used differently. It's flashlights and stuff like that. And essentially, obviously, you don't have to like not get caught as you're traversing towards a thing. I don't want to spoil any of that game. Um, because I do think that has more of it's a game that has a little bit more of a story to it compared to Limbo but yeah it takes everything that was great about Limbo and then throws in this sort of weird little sci-fi horror story into it and the deaths are even more gruesome (laughs) in the second time round 
it were a pair of games where I mean at this point you can pick them up pretty cheap and I picked up Limbo just like for a couple of quid I think on PlayStation Store and I played it and then immediately got inside because I just liked Limbo that much in spite of the fact that it is it's a game that like it really will stick with you like some of the imagery in these games because they're sort of all those really muted tones and it's just a boy on a plat you know it's just a side scrolling platformer and you're doing these puzzles but it's all just so really well done the use of light and shadow and the soundscape in the games just sets up all of this anticipation for gross things and horrible things <laughs> happening to you um and i really like i didn't know that inside has two endings but as far as i can tell from reading both of them are quite ambiguous really like there's speculation over what i mean over what they mean that makes sense yeah the, the, this whole story is very like subtly told like just background details and stuff like that mm. yeah it, it doesn't hammer you over the head with it you have to kind of do the work yourself if you want if you just want to run through a scary scene and that's fine if you want to kind of learn the story you can pick up on things in the background and piece things together from what you already know it it does a really good job of like creating a both of the games do a really good job of creating like an oppressive atmosphere inside i think that has the slight edge on me but that might just be recency bias because i played that more recently but like they managed to make everything scary in that game even just regular dudes with flashlights yeah grabbing yeah. you that fucked me up like there's something more, much more visceral about the way the horror in inside like it seems more plausible like even when it's getting more outlandish and into some pretty crazy concepts it still feels like something that could i could conceive whereas like Limbo is a bit more abstract, I thought, but still fucking terrifying. I think Limbo is more abstract, and I think, like, that's what I mean. I think um, Inside took everything that was great about Limbo and just added to it, but didn't take away any of that, you know, the atmosphere yeah. or that deep feeling of dread <laughs> that yes. you get playing it. <laughs> like, the whole time, just, like, the grip on the controller, like, I don't like this. Like, yeah, I was, but I love it. But yeah, so I've I've played half of Inside. I've not finished it yet, but I was playing it on the Switch, which, like, to me, the Switch still feels like such a lovely, nice little console. Like you play happy games on it, and like I had like literal imprints <laughs> of the controllers on my hands after I put Inside down for the last time, and was like, I need a break. Like I'm gonna go back, but it is it's fantastic. I just got past the bit where you have to join the queue. And I was so tense. Like, I just, I felt sick the whole time doing that that sequence. See, I've never played either game, but I have such strong memories of Limbo because when it came out, it was very popular amongst, like, YouTubers when that was quite a big thing. Yeah, the and then when, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when Twitch became, started to become big, a lot of streamers got onto it as well. So I've seen a lot of, I've watched a lot of people play this game. So I have a lot of memories of certain puzzles and the big spider. And like uh, Bash said, like the oppressive and dark atmosphere of it is so imprinted on me. And I, I, I've never felt the need to play it because A, scared. <laughs> but also B, because I've seen so many people kind of run through it as well. Like I kind of feel like I semi got an experience from the game without being terrified. And that's kind of sometimes the way I like to play these games. But yeah, it's, it just looks such a cool gothic puzzle type game that, yeah, it's really awesome. And like you say, it goes cheap so many times now on various sales on different consoles and gaming platforms that I think more people should play it and let me watch them play it. 
And what are we watching you play next? <laughs> Do I have to uh, segue every time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should mix it up a bit, guys. Come on. <laughs> Bash is doing all the work here. I had a drink. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I just can't be asked. You're the host, Chip. Yeah, you're the host, Chip. Segway yourself. Yeah. Well, see, you did it so not... well the first time that I was like, okay, I'll just let them throw to me, then it'll be all natural and stuff, and then we just sat here for ten minutes in silence. Yeah. Don't don't segue yourself on the podcast though. I think that'd get us banned. <laughs> and uh, over to you, Chip. What do you think? Oh, thanks, Chip. Well, basically, my next pick is well. I think when I say the name of this game, I feel like anyone who's actually played it is going to understand specifically which moment I'm talking about. And anyone who hasn't played it is going to be really confused because my third pick is Batman Arkham Knight. Yep. And this has nothing to do with the way he opens doors. So <laughs> while that is something that haunts me nowadays, don't even start. I, okay. Th- We're not going. Okay. Nope. 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 We've got a nope. whole episode. On he that. opens no. doors weird. Yes. <laughs> God damn it, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> I don't agree, but so, I respect. I respect the hustle there. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is going to be quite a short entry, to be honest, because um, the game like isn't scary at all, uh, unless you know you hate the fucking Batmobile sections as everyone does. But that's probably why this moment shipped me up so much, and it's kind of similar to Andy and his bear and the cabin, <laughs> which is a weird oh, yeah. tale. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in Red Dead, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have another lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> at a random point in Arkham Knight. You're just merrily flinging your way around, Batmaning all over the place in Gotham on the rooftops. Opening doors, weird. <laughs> Stop it. There's, there's no doors on rooftops, apart from... The, the doors some, on the rooftops. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. There's a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> there is a moment when the man bat will just appear out of thin fucking air, scream in your face, and then just fly away again and this is on my list because you know like the other two that i've mentioned so far it drew a very physical reaction for me that was very much a scream loudly drop the controller because what the fuck just happened uh and i I still hate the developers for putting this in yeah it's it's very similar to andy bear cabin uh i mean it did its fucking job i guess but no no and the, the really annoying thing is is i replayed the game this year for completion completion reasons as i played the other three last year and I knew it was coming. I, you never know when it's coming because you, you have to be swinging around on the rooftops. But I knew it would happen eventually. And it still got me again. Maybe not as quite as bad as the first time. But bastards, they got me again with it. <laughs> so I was more annoyed as well as being afraid at that moment. Yeah, it's definitely a contender for scariest moment in a game that isn't otherwise scary. But <laughs> yes, that would be a good list. Definitely dropped my controller when it happened. Like, what you fucking bastard! Like I, I knew man even before like even the first time I played the game I knew Man Bat was there somewhere, but I wasn't expecting him to show up that way. I thought it was gonna be like a little cutscene or something, or like yeah. the start of a mission, and then he just fucking screams in your face and like fuck, <laughs> fuck you. It's like I know other Arkham games have dabbled in horror and Batman just tends to naturally lend himself quite well to horror, but that doesn't mean I want this. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> it feels like being bullied, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. It's like being pantsed in front of the entire school or something. <laughs> I think it's because the way it does it as well is because you sort of you, you grab a roof and you pull yourself up to sort of 
you know, your face goes over the ledge and he's there, yeah. right there in front of you, screaming. It's such an effective <laughs> jump scare because it, yeah, it's so unexpected, but it's also really terrifying. It takes, like, cause it's something that you've done so many times in the game. You take the animation for granted. And then yeah, you might not even be looking wait, at the time. You wait for the perfect moment where you're really settled into just how you traverse this environment and then they throw this in your face. It'd be like if Batman opened his door weird and then, like, <laughs> you know, well, Man Bat screaming in your face, I guess. Just, just I would rather have Man Bat screaming in my face than that have a conversation again. Andy, I'm so proud of you for getting that in there. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> I feel like the Arkham games have some form for this, though. Arkham Asylum has the croc levels, which yes. have almost stopped me replaying that game at times. Because <laughs> I'll start playing the game and I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, but then I'm going to have to do the killer croc levels <laughs> yeah. again. Oh, it's so tense. And that, I mean, that's just like being chased by a big pile of dread as well, isn't it? Because <laughs> you can feel him behind you, but you can't look behind you. You just have to run. Yes. <laughs> you have to get away from him. Yeah. My I... favourite bits are when I was trying to click, press the button, you know, to flick the bat around behind you per what yeah. you're supposed to do. But at the right moment when Killer Croc literally jumps out to get you, that's like, that's the exact moment. The amount of times I just kind of jump off the thing instead by accident <laughs> oh I died again just nope out of the way <laughs> I remember one run I had where again I'd, I'd fired the batarang off perfectly but in like my panic I also hit the button and Batman just walked off the platform and I'd like I watched it happen because I got Killer Croc like banging the head and was like yeah I did it oh shit oh <laughs> time for the celebratory switch <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> and it was the f- I think it was the, like really early on as well. It's like the first time I'd actually got the battering off and like done it successfully. And yeah, I just slowly walked off the the platform and just kind of watched him go like, oh no. <laughs> well, what other games have you oh no at, Becky? Uh, right. So my last two games are you're just showing off at this point now, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my last two games are more like specific moments in games. So I think the next one is Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And I've got it right. I have looked it up three times to make sure that I didn't say Rise of the Tomb Raider by accident because the name's the wrong fucking way around. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the re obviously Tomb Raider as a franchise has form in, in creepiness. Um, yeah. But the reboot kind of really ramps it up. There's that like right at the beginning of the, the first reboot game where that guy tries to cat- grab you in the cave, freaked me out. Um, yeah. Various other bits yeah. in that game freaked me out. But I'm picking Shadow of the Tomb Raider because there is a bit in the game where you go underground and you meet the indigenous tribe that has been living down in the ancient city that you're exploring. But they're your enemies at first. And they literally come out of the fucking woodwork. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. I can never see them coming. I'm always on edge and they kind of like they just have like this really cool like bone armor makeup effects which look really awesome but it's also fucking terrifying when you can't see and suddenly by torchlight they're like leaping at you. Yeah. And I think it's the most on edge I've ever been in a Tomb Raider game and like it almost to the point where I stopped playing because I was just like, it, it's making me feel sick going through this level because I don't know where they're <laughs> coming from and I hate it. <laughs> I was absolutely incredulous about this part <laughs> in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I really like the reboot trilogy 
And yeah, I replayed the first two of that trilogy uh, because I'd never played Shadow and I wanted to. So I thought, I know, I'll just, you know, catch up on the story, play them again, they're really fun. And then that bit, I was like, why have you done this? This is not fair. I want to go exploring tombs and have a lovely time and shoot many men. Why do I have to put up with this bullshit? And it feels like such a departure as well because it like yeah. it's not just a brief like bit of horror like the Baba Yaga DLC in Rise, where it's a bit creepy and a bit ooh, but it's not like as pervasive as this one, and it feels like such a tonal shift, especially with how the story progresses. <laughs> and you're like, but I spent like. 20 minutes like screaming in this guy's face and shooting them like and now i have to be friends with them like it just it's a really i think it's one of the areas that like they kind of they threw in to kind of give the game a bit of an extra edge yeah that it didn't need and also has some very weird racist undertones happening because it's you know they're very much made to be like the indigenous savages that Lara has to fight and then she has that yeah. lovely white woman realization of they're just people like me <laughs> I will steal their things I will yeah I will steal their things and take their treasure but will I and the the trilogy was doing a really good thing of having Lara kind of address her role within the modern world of should I be you know invading cultures the way I am doing and there's a whole theme in in shadow where she's she's doing that and she's kind of reassessing what it means to be her weird brand of archaeology and then you have this whole horror sequence which it just feels lifted from an entirely different game franchise and it scared the pants off me and it didn't even make story sense so it makes me mad as well <laughs> i've not played that game so i've got nothing to add okay cool <laughs> Well, what game have you played that did scare the pants off you? My uh, my next pick is Outlast 2. Um, oh. That entire franchise just scares the absolute crap out of me, but Outlast 2 specifically is one well, that terrified me beyond like, comprehension. There are a lot of scares in that game. Uh, it's a game where I spent like an hour hiding in a barrel. Just because I was so scared, I didn't want to leave it, I, until I finally mustered up the courage and just ran. I just it gave me like the heart rate of a hummingbird, like <laughs> so many times. Just it was just that tense and terrifying. But the <laughs> moment that I really recall was just freezing me with terror. Is just it was well, compared to all the rest of it, it's just a beautifully simple moment. Uh, like during the game, there's a lot of nightmare sequences that take your character back to high school where something awful happened in their past because that's where all awful things happen apparently. It's true. So there's a sequence in a computer lab and you start seeing messages on a screen coming from someone on like a AOL Messenger style thing. Uh, it's not, it isn't AOL Messenger but it's some weird like approximation of that. And you're not sure, like, I can't remember if you know fully who's messaging you or if you've got a vague idea at this point in the story but you start responding to them and they're talking you're kind of uncertain about what's going on. Why is this conversation happening in this terrifying nightmare school where things keep like chasing you and blood keeps spraying from everywhere? And so like the unease is just growing constantly through this interaction. And then the other person drops this absolutely killer line. It just says, turn around. 
and my oh. blood just ran fucking cold. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, the only option was for me to exit the computer screen and return to the game. And I just flat out fucking refused. <laughs> Sat there for 10 minutes just hoping something else would happen. And I was like... <laughs> Fuck you, no. I was playing a game of chicken with this game. (laughs) If my PS4 went into sleep mode, I won, I think. It was just all the nightmarish possibilities of what was behind me. It was just getting worse and worse with every passing second. Until then, I'm going to have to do this, because otherwise I'm stuck here forever, and I might just die at my PS4. So I pressed, I exited, and there was nothing there. It's like, and at that point, there didn't need to be because the damage was well and truly done. I was a shell of my former self. <laughs> As that's when I realised, like the people that are making Outlast Two, they kind of they got it. They'd created such an atmosphere of just absolute dread that like extended beyond jump scares. Just just existing in that world felt like a nightmare you were trapped in. So. Like they knew they could just scare the shit out of me with one written line, and they could clock out for lunch early that day. They just <laughs> that was covered. So like a lesser game probably would have tried to have a jump scare when I left, but this one knew whatever I was imagining, they couldn't possibly top that. So they just let me do the damage to myself, and I kind of respect that level of restraint. But also fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the mirror opposite of the man bat or the bear in the you have this moment that you're not expecting and it's the worst thing. But this is very much like, oh, you are expecting something the beyond terror. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just nothing. And then you feel a bit silly, but also still just utterly drained because they got you. They absolutely got you in that moment. Yeah, they played me big time. So I, I, there was a while where I just wasn't going to tell this story because I was so just, it's just almost shameful and <laughs> just absolutely humiliated me. And I was on my own. I just felt I felt absolute shame. Like I could barely stare the game in the eye. It was, just, <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, so my experience with uh, Outlast, Outlast Two, and some other games like The Blair Witch and Resi Seven, and amongst some others. Uh, so I have two younger cousins who are basically like my little brothers. Like I'm an only child. We all grew up together. So yeah, we're all really close and stuff. They're basically my brothers. And we used to kind of, you know, get together like for a weekend or stuff like that. And we, you know, watch pizza, watch some films and play some scary games. And we, we played scary games in the sense of we'd say we'd all take it in turns. So we'd have the controller for, I don't know, like a level each or an hour each or something like that. But that quickly became... <laughs> where two of us would stop playing and we just make my youngest cousin play them <laughs> because we me and uh, Tanis the older cousin I know we just noped out and he was like oh for fuck's sake give me the controller I'll do it and we'd sit there and watch him play it and uh, yeah my memories from Outlast 2 are <laughs> watching him finish it for us <laughs> you coward yes yes 100% I mean I say that I'm never going to play these games Ever, ever. <laughs> They're on your list. Yeah. Oh, no, they they like, they like were the list before there was a list. I remember Ooh. Andy sharing clips when he was playing. I was just like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> oh, yeah, those clips, fucking hell. Like, I, yeah. I get anxiety just looking at those again. So. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Bash, we want to hear about the games that have caused you anxiety. What is your next pick? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we want I, to hear it, I, but it's just part of the format. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Everything in yeah, this isn't like a form don't of torture pleasure or anything in your like anxiety. that. It's just, you know, this is <laughs> the thing we've chosen. Okay. No, my um, penultimate pick is Little Nightmares. 
Oh, yes. Choice. Another platformer, um, I think, you know, it, it's come up in the past. I like platformers a lot. I have a lot of time for them. Little Nightmares is one of those that came highly recommended as well. So you're, you play as the little girl six and you kind of have to escape the horror boat where it feels like everything is trying to eat you. Yeah, 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 it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> again, this was another one that I played for the first time on my 24 hour stream. And if I remember correctly, it was quite in the early hours of the morning. So Chip, I know you it were was. there. Oh, it was there. I, yeah, I, I wasn't missing And I think Andy, you were there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it must have been about one, two o'clock in the morning at this I point. I think that was the last game I watched, I think. I think I did yeah. out after that. The screams. Um, <laughs> it's not a game you want to play at <laughs> like two o'clock in the morning um, when you've been playing games since like 8am the previous morning. Holy shit. I just, it is one of those games that I think is endlessly like creatively gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's properly minging and everything that's trying to eat you is gross in their own unique ways and it's another one of those where the soundscape is used really well you're obviously you're creeping about everywhere this is one of those rare occasions where i really enjoyed that but like because there's so much at fucking stake <laughs> yeah the, the, the size difference is so big you just i just have to remember the first time one of the things that had like the really long horrible arms grabbed me yeah, that's what i was gonna bring up Oh, 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 still makes me shit, like cringe so hard and yet it's still like I have so much fondness like looking back at that game and I reckon if I played it again I would still get a hell of a lot out of it like the the last bit where you kind of have to do the running bit to stop everything grabbing you and the whole time I'm just like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> um I also think I was doing like some kind of high-pitched squeak probably at this point as i'm trying to run away it's from like everything and because it's not yeah. a straight line obviously you've got to like you're still a puzzle game so you've still got to like move around stuff and make sure you go the right way trial and death is apparently a vibe i'm really into in games <laughs> i'm realizing just now can i do a spoiler for this game we've all yeah. been doing spoilers we... don't worry about it yeah. oh yeah yeah no it's just because i did very briefly want to talk about the dlc as well which i know you yes. i think you all watched me play yeah at the yeah. end. So at the very end of Little Nightmares, the non-DLC, six hugs, they're called gnomes, they're like the little creatures as you're going around, because they don't literally look like gnomes, but that's what they're called in the game. And all the way along, you hug them. And it's like, it's really cute, because you know, she's a little girl and she's hugging these cute little things that help her out throughout the game. And then at the very end, she eats it. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, six. Like, I knew you were hungry, but my God, stop eating the thing. That's horrifying. It's quietly horrifying in like a, you know, not a jump scary thing, but just like, a, oh no, this little girl is so hungry. She's eating the thing that's been hugging her and helping her all the way around. Um, and then you do the DLC, which is another three chapters, episodes, whatever they split it into. And you play as a little boy instead. And it turns out it's it's not really a prequel so much, is it? Because it's kind of side by side. Yeah. Um, but you're like in a different part of the boat. And at the end of that, the little boy becomes a gnome. And at the end of that, the little boy finds six. Mm. And what does she fucking do? And like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> that full circle moment 
of like it was horrifying the first time and then it's doubly fucking horrifying after the <laughs> DLC because you then become attached to the little boy and then he gets eaten by her and you're like no why <laughs> um no i think it's genuinely a really great little platformer and i'm disappointed that i've not had the interest to go back to little nightmares 2 yet like i played two chapters of it and was like oh but yeah the first one i think had a real magic to it and it made me scream a lot and chip got yeah. me at least twice with one of the sound alerts that are no longer on my stream unsurprisingly <laughs> Where it was a really quiet moment, uh, and I was really concentrating because you had to get past the lady playing the piano, and it was super quiet. And Chip did the Godzilla screech <laughs> sound alert <laughs> at that exact moment, oh, which made me jump, and I got so angry <laughs> because because then you hear the lady stop playing the piano, and you know, oh fuck, she's got me, and it was entirely your fault, Chip. Yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, God, I remember that. <laughs> so good. No, it wasn't. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was laughing so much. <laughs> um, yeah, good games. Good, 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 good game. Yeah. yeah, I love those games. I think you absolutely nailed the, the what you said about the mm. design of it as well, is that it's so fantastically crafted, but it's so fantastically grim and nasty. Like It kind of reminds me of, like, almost claymation yeah. mm. the way it's presented like if trapdoor was like on channel four at like 10 o'clock at night as opposed to seven in the morning and was just evil you know <laughs> like it's just there's something about it that's got it's like, like it's tactile there's a texture to it and it's horrible I, I always think of it as like if uh, henry selick suddenly had an evil twin and he <laughs> wanted to make movies yes well. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's just really just twisted and awful like henry selick's got like a kind of a whimsical approach to like the macabre whereas like this is just, just grimy and ugly and horrible and makes your skin crawl and i love it and so there, much. there's literally nothing in the frame that looks helpful or nice at all like even no. the bits that you have to climb look threatening and like it obviously it could give you away at any second if there's like a squeak or a movement or you know you time it wrong um it's just unrelenting it's great I did really enjoy watching you play it and the horror that like oh, yeah. waved across your face whenever you had to do something different. <laughs> no, I just want to creep at the shadows, please. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean I have to run across and hide in a box? <laughs> oh no, the worst ones were the ones where you had to like, there was a monster about and you obviously, the whole point is you watch the patterns, don't you? You mm. watch to see where they go and what they do. And then you can figure out from there. But then what you'd realise is you'd make your way through the puzzle and then the monster would change its pattern because, of course, why didn't it fucking do that? But you'd be like, no, but I, I just worked out the first bit. But what I really hated were the bits when you had to bait the monster. Mm. Oh. Like, you'd have to press, like, a, a creepy music box or something on. Or, like, you'd have to drop something or throw something. And do it in the right way so that they're not alerted directly to you. But in such a way that they're distracted enough that you can then peg it out of the way. Oh, so much of that game is just, it's its just, um, do you want tension? Here, have it. <laughs> yeah, it's so unsettling. Like, you can never relax playing that game. Do you like the feeling of your shoulders up by your ears? <laughs> Here, this I game. So. 
I, I want to get our like, little lass into it because she uh, loves spooky stuff. And I think the first one is just the right level of scary for a kid without veering into child abuse. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a try. See how we go. I mean, my parents let me play the Alien trilogy. So I think you're like way ahead in terms of like care <laughs> and concern. How did she get on with the Zerks in Stray? Uh, she was a bit spooked by them, but she she com- and she completed the game before I did, so she she did okay. I was just thinking because little Reb was like freaking the fuck out, having to run away from those. Oh yeah. god, yeah. So was I. The level where you have to wait for the <laughs> lift. <laughs> yeah, the lift and the eyes. Oh. Yeah, the eyes bit. She she wanted me to come in and stand with her while that happened because oh. she needed yeah. somebody yeah. there. So that, that was that was about it. But yeah. Can we put Stray in the honourable mentions category? Is that all right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, would you like to hear about a game that terrified the fuck out of me? No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to say yes because I'm doing my yeah, own segue. Yeah, that's why I said no. Well, God damn it. Well, damn I it, do, Bucky. Chip, so just tell me. <laughs> well, I think it's one you'll appreciate, Andy, because I know you like this game. So uh, my next choice is, I think it's a, a game that, for my money, is a bit underrated and deserves more love and attention. Um, it's fear. Yes. As in F E A R. I just say fear. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it's spelled with the dots, but yeah, it's no called fear. I thought you yeah. were just like spelling it out for us, so we we knew you could spell. <laughs> In case you weren't aware, <laughs> showing off. I have learned how to spell words. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put that scary grammar away. All right. <laughs> So I guess it's kind of like Doom in the sense, or at least Mondoom, where it's, it's, it's a first-person horror shooter, only you're shooting other human people um, whilst being terrified by a ghost. So it has a lot of the classic of the horror genre. It's got a scary child, which is a staple. I'm, I, I, I think it's a staple of the horror that is partly to blame for me never wanting kids. <laughs> it's because what if they get possessed or become evil or are the devil, sure. you know? Like... Just, just, just to be on the safe you side. You just have to roll the dice, Chip. It's, it's possible. But, you know, <laughs> just have to do 50-50 it. 50-50 I mean, chance. Look at Chip, though. There is, like... I don't think we're talking a 50-50 chance of Chip's spawn being evil at this stage. <laughs> Love you. Well, let's God, move on. say that afterwards just to make it better. <laughs> That's Becky's entire move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And I hate that she gets away with it every time. Because you love me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I really like Fear though. It's got this really cool mix of like gun mechanics, including this like super, super slow-mo yeah. shooting thing, but also being a horrible psychological horror story at the same time. So unlike other games, which I've kind of chosen for certain moments, you know, stand out uh, bits and pieces and set pieces and that sort of thing, there's just tons and tons of oppressive atmosphere and shit going on because you're stalked by Alma, who is the child, but also a grown woman scary ghost lady entity thing um it's really heavily influenced by japanese horror so like if you played it you'd recognize things from like the ring and the garage and you know all that kind of thing yeah uh, and it's just really cerebral in the way that the horror unfolds and i wanted to put it on here because you know not only to shine a light on it but it's the first time that i remember <sighs> enjoying is a is a difficult word I'm, not that I need a spell or anything, but like in the sense that I I really like the game while still hating all the horror elements because it did scare the shit out of me at the same time. <laughs> I think it's quite unique uh, still to this day, and it's I think it's still it I think it's still very playable today. And I say that as someone who has not played it in a very long time. <laughs> 
but <laughs> it felt like it was a really nice bridge of games uh, between being something sort of really cool and you know lots of shooty shoot shoots but also pooping my pants at the same time so it made me enjoy a horror game whilst scaring the butt off me and i think that's a nice mix and i wanted to put it on my list for this one it's such a good example of like bait and switch because like you mm. get the action is so good with like the bullet time kind of effects and stuff it's so like visceral and you get really fired up and you get lost in the action you yeah. there's parts where you forget that there's a terrifying child walking around and then you'll just like <laughs> climb up a ladder and she's stood there looking at you and you just shit yourself uh, yeah. <laughs> it just perfectly Mm-mm. catches you off guard every time and you're just like no why are you here i'm just wanting to shoot things <laughs> fuck off I'll just, I'm going to play Rainbow Six. Fuck you. This is not it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember the guns being really satisfying in that game as well. For it's an such actual a just... good action game. Like, yeah. But really it... good horror game as well. Like It's a really yeah, nice balance. They really melded it together well. And it does a really good fake out an event. Because, you know, every classic horror game has got a good event scene. But you have to crawl down the ladder to like go through event to get to you know where you need to go on the other side and the whole time you're just like fuck this fuck this fuck this fuck this where is she but she doesn't appear in the vent and you just come like similar to kind of the outlast 2 thing i guess but like you just come out and you're just like there's a sense of relief but also that lingering dread is just built up inside you now and it does that throughout the game it's a really really good game people should play definitely. it definitely i'm not going to it's on my list that's that's fair i understand it's a creepy child it's not happening yeah no i I don't understand why they're worse than scary adults but they are Mm -hmm. 100% definitely speaking of scary adults (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna go with that i was like becky you are an adult who has games they've played what is one thank you (laughs) great what a look flawless so my very final pick is not a horror game it is not a scary game However, it has left me with such a deep abiding fear of underwater levels that I had to include Ooh, it. Nice, so nice. the choice is Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb, which um, I think it was PS2. It is a mixed bag of a game, I'm not going to lie. There are puzzles in there that just feel impossible, and but there's also like kind of easy in a weird way it's one of those where it it looks more complicated than it is um and it's lots of like shooty shooty bang bangs and flinging across jumps with your whip it's you know it's fun (laughs) there are two levels where they are there's like a a big boss in involved in water there's a kraken level where you have to be able to swim close enough to plant explosives to blow up the kraken but the one that really stuck with me is there's a giant crocodile level and before that, you'd been like, there were sharks that were attacking you in the water. There's uh, like smaller crocodiles as well. And it got to the point where I was having to get my brother to do some of these levels for me because it was just freaking me out too much. Like, they'd just be coming at you from nowhere and you'd get attacked by a shark. It was awful. So by the time I got to this crocodile, giant crocodile boss level puzzle thing, I was so absolutely terrified <laughs> of getting in the water. <laughs> that I completely ignored how to actually do the puzzle. So the actual puzzle is you are supposed to throw a skull into like a separate part of the cave, pull a lever after the crocodile enters looking for the skull and that takes the crocodile out for the rest of the level. I missed this entirely. So I was having to time it so that I jumped in the water to get to the platform that I needed to get to fast enough 
that the crocodile wouldn't catch me. It did not work all the time. <laughs> and I would just, like, you turn round in the water and there'd just be this, like, giant moor coming towards you. <laughs> and, like, I just could not get the timing right. And the first time I did it, I think I was, like, I think it was, like, five minutes before I had to walk to school. And, like, I finally completed it. I finally got to the platform and did all the jumps and stuff. Because not only did, like, you have to get past the initial water bit, um, you were then jumping around all these platforms to get to the top of this cave. And if you fell off, you would fall back into the water with the giant crocodile. So oh, obviously, because I hadn't trapped it behind the thing, it was always there. Oh, God, <laughs> it just the fear of me. And now underwater levels, I just I am terrified the whole time. So there's obviously the whole bit in for Forbidden West where Aloy's yep. swimming. And like, honestly, like my hands were shaking doing those <laughs> levels. And like any underwater level, any swimming now, I'm constantly just like, I'm going to get attacked by a fucking shark. There's going to be a giant fucking crocodile and <laughs> I'm going to get eaten and I can't do anything about it because I'm underwater and everyone knows you can't fight underwater. Um, so yeah, so that's that's why that one is is on the um, the list because it's not a horror game. It's not really scary beyond like massive tension, but it's it's left such a traumatic underwater level experience in my brain that has affected my gameplay ever since. <laughs> underwater levels, yeah, they're just tra traumatic. Yes. Like, like the music that you hear in Sonic when he's about to drown, that's oh. what I hear in my head when I'm having a panic attack, basically. It's, just, <laughs> it's the worst. Like, uh, you talked about crocodiles. I've remembered another bit in Red Dead Redemption 2 where, it, like, the big crocodile level. Yep. But just in general, if you go into the swamps and you get attacked by a crocodile, they come out of nowhere. Yep. It's it's all very upsetting. I don't like going in water in video games. No, even no matter how nice it looks now, I don't care. I don't yeah. care how hard you work to make that water look real. <laughs> I don't want to go in it. Even if there aren't any <laughs> threats, I'm like, why are There's you making me swim? <laughs> Like, well, you can still drown. Yeah. Like, not only if you've got a monster coming after you, you can drown in water. <laughs> and you can't fight and you can't do anything. And, yeah, I'm with you guys. Underwater levels can get in the bin. Like, yes. there's no need. I don't care how effective they are because they are because they're scary. But no. Yeah, no, they just, they can just, especially giant crocodile ones where you don't oh. figure out the puzzles because you're 13 and hadn't thought that far ahead. And Google wasn't a thing that you could search for game tips yet. <laughs> How old were you when you realised the solution to that puzzle? And was it last week? <laughs> no, I, it wasn't actually. I went back and replayed it. So when I when I finished uni, I moved in with my dad down in Neneaton for a bit while I worked at a charity. And I reset up the PlayStation 2 because I couldn't afford another console. But I still had all these games and I replayed it and was looking at the level and was just like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and shockingly it was a lot easier that time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i can imagine i'm glad you got there eventually yeah i mean there was still like an absolute like pant shitting moment where you had to get to the bit with the lever because you had to swim for that bit with the crocodile coming after you but uh, yeah after that it got a lot easier and i'm a fool but <laughs> yeah I, uh, yeah <laughs> even now i'm just like Ugh. I, I just don't think there's any good underwater levels because, yeah, my, my mind went to Horizon as well when you're just trying to hide. Like, hiding in bushes and games is always dumb, but when you're underwater and they're sort of like, the reeds are moving, mm. 
it just feels like you're not safe in the slightest. And those snap moles are big. Yes. And they will wreck you. Yes. Um, but also something like even like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, there's sharks in the water. And if you want to try and get a treasure that's like buried underwater and stuff like that. So I would always try and hit them with my arrows before I went into the yeah. water. So at least the water was clear from monsters. And then I could just worry about drowning. <laughs> but no, no, I, I don't like them at all. No. It's not for me. In the bin. Gone. In the bin. In the bin. <laughs> Official one-up pod statement. Water <laughs> levels. Bin. Bin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, what are you going to pull out of the bin for your next oh, choice? Oh, God, these oh, are getting so torched now. Wow. Oh, it's getting late, all right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm nearly done. You did some good ones to start with. It's fine. <laughs> so my final pick is uh, Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth. Ooh, uh, I have this to play. For me, Interesting. This might be the scariest game of all time. For oh, me. God, maybe I won't play it. <laughs> uh, despite, yeah. Becky quickly moves on the other <laughs> list. <laughs> so, like, despite the title, it doesn't actually adapt Call of Cthulhu. It's actually sourcing most of its ideas from the Shadow of Rinsmouth, which is fine because that's actually one of my favourite Lovecraft stories. Mm. It's also got some stuff from the Shadow Out of Time. Uh, they're planning on doing a whole series where they would have adapted all of the Lovecraft stories eventually, but that never happened, sadly. Anyway, this game sees your character, a private eye, coming to the town of Innsmouth to, to investigate a missing persons case. If you're familiar with H.P. Lovecraft, then you know this town just ain't right. <laughs> the, the inhabitants are basically, like, the unholy outcome of an alcoholic fucking a haddock. It's <laughs> 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 like, you might think they're going to turn out like mermaids, but they're actually just pallid-skinned weirdos that talk <laughs> this. It's... It's just a real upsetting place to be. Uh, you investigate like the weird happenings in this town. None of the locals are particularly happy to see you. Very xenophobic people. Like, you discover one normal-looking family, but you realise that they've locked their mother in uh, the cellar, and she's actually mutated into a full-on fish monster thing that breaks loose and murders her child in a just a really terrifying and upsetting sequence. Uh, there's a creepy fucking church where nothing Christian at all is going down I'll tell you that much and <laughs> uh, just the more you poke around just the more agitated the locals are getting with you the bus out of town just is out of service so you have to stay a night in the hotel and leave the next day and it's late at night and you hear talking outside so you, you go outside the hotel and you go to the top of the stairs and you hear one of the locals ordering the hotel manager to unlock your door and you immediately go back in, bolt the door shut, and like go back in, just try and wait it out. And so some time passes, and then you start hearing voices outside the door, like kind of muffled slightly. And then you hear the door handle going, and you realise the door's like bolted. And that's when just all hell breaks loose, and they start smashing at the door. And then they realise there's an adjoining hotel room, and they start trying to come through there. So you have to lock, you have to like run towards the adjoining door and just cut that sh- like shut. And just or run through like there's all these different ways to try and escape, and while these people are smashing through doors and trying to get to you, and do you not have a gun or anything like that? So you're just kind of trying to find a way out of this hotel and out of this town, and it's just anxiety just right up to the highest possible level for me. The rattling doors, the bloodthirsty voices like behind them, the really fiddly locking mechanic like it's something you kind of get used to like just playing the game normally you just like it doesn't seem like necessarily a flaw in the way the game's designed but when you've got these fish men trying to smash through and like butcher you in your bed it's very hard to successfully close up like 
latch a door shut. It's just very, very stressful the entire time. It took me, I think when I finished this finally, it took me like a good couple of hours to actually finish this very short sequence because <laughs> I kept getting caught and killed. I, I needed to, I had to not play the game for like a week just to recover. So like, it's like before games like Amnesia and Outlast came along and like they really popularized the idea of horror games without combat. This was one of the first ones that I played where you really felt like the horrifying loneliness of not having a way to defend yourself this absolute despair and it's just really it, it really is such a short sequence and yet it's like scarred me for life and like i've got the game again i bought it on um, gog but i don't want to play it i just wanted to have it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to play it it's a horrible position to be in i spent money on something i'm probably never going to play again it's probably shaved I... years off my life like to be honest <laughs> the amount of stress it caused me <laughs> Well, even the way you described that, I really hated it because you just ramped up the tension as you were yeah. telling us about the game yeah. to the point where I was panicking when you were talking about having to run across and lock the second door. And I was like, Addy, just go lock the door, please. Just do it now. Go, 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 go. Like, yeah, no, no, this <laughs> no. is on my no list. Yeah, no, 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 thank you. It's so well executed, though, like just the, the sound design of it all, like the fact you can hear the voice. Like, you get, kind of get a prompt to go outside, but you can hear the voices, like, muffled and stuff downstairs, and that's when you... It's all done kind of in gameplay, kind of like Half-Life would do or something like that. That's cool. You're not in a cutscene, necessarily. You're, like, watching it with your own eyes, so you're kind of like, oh, what if I walk too far and they hear me or something like that? You, you're constantly on edge, like, at that point. It's, it's just a, it's a really good game, and yet, yeah, fuck it. It's, it's just <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> fuck it. Just fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Just fuck it. It sounds too well executed, if you ask me, to be perfectly yeah. honest. That could be why they never like made the Mountains of Madness one. Like, just too many people like, no, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Absolutely. Got, you made too much of a good game. Fuck you. <laughs> You're too good at this. They're too scary. I'm not... I can't convince anyone to play it. I've obviously... I mean, the damage is done at this point, so it doesn't matter if I've swayed several people out of playing it. Well, they should buy it on GOG anyway and then just not play it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Send somebody the money. I don't know who gets the money these days. I think it's a Bethesda game. I don't know. They don't need the money. They're rich enough as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need them turning their sights to another project. Like they've got enough if on their plate. If they don't complete yeah. the Elder Scrolls <laughs> soon, I'm just gonna riot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bash. Games go. <laughs> good. Good. What, good. What a segue. <laughs> So I couldn't do a games that spooked us without having an opportunity to air my grievances once more with uh, Chip and Andy. Like you. No. Oh. <laughs> well, that's the end of the podcast, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back um, next month. And goodbye. Da, da, da. No, get fucked. You will sit there. <laughs> no, the thing is, I don't. I don't feel shame. So it's fine. <laughs> Phasmophobia is my yeah. last pick, a game that I've played far too much with you two miscreants. <laughs> and yeah. every time you talk about us playing it again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not even installed to my PC, never will be again. But yeah, okay, <laughs> let's, let's think about it, maybe. No, never, never. Just burnt the hard drive never. that it was installed on. After the time where I was, where you hear me shouting up, you heard me, you ghost hunting game, I shouted up. I'm like, guys, the ghost is on the way to you and you two 
in your bit, just go, let's not leave this room, just leave her. <laughs> and, we were safe in a bathroom, we were fine. And like, and the ghost turns around and murders <laughs> me instead. And like, again, there's just far too many examples of my blood curdling screams. Like, <laughs> there like, is. Yeah. In video clips. And nearly always involving you somehow, Chip. So. <laughs> I mean, that tracks. Yeah, it does. There's the, the clip, which of course is on your channel, Chip, is you two, and then my scream, and then it cuts out, obviously, because I'm then dead, and you two just giggling maniacally <laughs> like <laughs> like it was the funniest thing and then it was <laughs> and then and then we didn't even bother doing what we went up to do we, we said ah fuck it never mind yeah he just yeah. Left. then yeah, you immediately left, left. <laughs> like yeah, we're safe now he's fed he's good <laughs> we've satisfied the ghost's hunger we're fine and that happened in far too many ghost hunts where you wouldn't stay with me. I'd be left to my own devices, scared and alone, and then I'd get murdered. There's at least a few times where you'd just happen upon my body and be like, oh, I don't even know when that happened. But... Yeah, I, th- I think we took a picture of it once. Yeah, as well. you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I took a picture of you stuck in a, like, the cell in the prison. Door. Yeah, it was yeah. Like a wall or something. Yeah. yeah, that was in the prison. Yeah. Yeah. So you see, listeners, oh. this is how they treated me every time I went on ghost hunts <laughs> with them. I was the bait, without even realising I was the bait, and I was the one <laughs> to get murdered. And then the one time where I had not gone inside, and, and, Chip, <laughs> yeah. and Chip acted like it was this great betrayal. You little shit. In, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> in spite of all the previous examples of where they just left me to die. There's at least one time where you were just stood on the other side of the door and because of where you were stood, it wouldn't let me open the door. (laughs) Bullies. Bullies is what you are. Phasmophobia is a terrible game and I hate it because it just encourages my friends to bully me me. and leave me in scary, dark places. No, you're an angel. It's fine. but them too. You just watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not an active participant though, am I? <laughs> I remember one time you were dead and I thought I saw your head, but it was a basketball <laughs> under a table. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's his head. What? Oh, no, that's a, that's a ball. And, oh, right, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> but there was also, you did sketch Chip one time with um, the bone. That was in like a brightly lit garage as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I kept turning the lights off at that point. Like just to mess. Like I did that a lot in that game. I turned lights off just to mess with you guys. Well, for yeah, no reason, like you'd find like little bones and stuff about the place, wouldn't you? But you'd think it was like the first time. And Chip, you just happened to be stood next to me. And the game does have a system where like. If you're talking using the in-games like mic system, like rather than a you know like a Discord voice chat or whatever, if you're using the in-game voice chat, then voices are louder or quieter depending on how close you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up a bone and just shouted "bone." The chills that went down my spine. <laughs> I just shout, bone! 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 But it was way louder than that. I don't want to destroy your ears listening on the podcast, but at the time I didn't seem to care about shit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, 
I think the game, I don't know if it's changed, obviously, because this was like, what, back in 2020? 20, early 21, yeah, maybe? Must yeah. Have been. yeah, it will have been, yeah. So, like, I don't know if it's still, it, it's a proper clunky game. Like, I don't think it's an easy game it to is, understand yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like any success we had was purely luck. Oh, but it yeah. was just it was just an opportunity to shit each other up repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> Can I... Uh, this isn't... No, actually, this isn't uh, in protest or anything like that mm-hmm. about the prison bit mm-hmm. when you left. Mm-hmm. The thing I think that got me <laughs> is not that you'd just stayed out of the prison while we'd gone in. It's the fact that I came out of the prison. I was like, right, I've seen Andy die. I haven't heard from Bash, so she's probably dead as well. I'm, I'm just out of it. I'm gone. And I'm walking back to the van, and the, the, the van's sort of semi-obscured by a wall. And just as I get close to it, you just step out in front of me. You know, like that Ralph, uh, Ralph Wiggum waving gift? It was like you did that. And it was just so like, hello, that it just was like, what? Have you been here the whole time? Have we been in that prison? God damn it. Do not be all innocent about it. And I think if you just been like, ha ha, I've stayed outside the entire time. But no, but no, it was just The a, thing is, right? Sasha never oh. agreed to your plan of splitting up. <laughs> she never actually committed to it. You just assumed. It was a bad plan. It didn't work. It didn't. Thank you, Becky. I'm glad we have this impartial um, judge yeah. here, which is to say, Chip and Andy, you sucked. You left me behind all the time and it was really mean. <laughs> it was mean, but it was also funny. <laughs> and, and so it worth it. <laughs> Possibly push the limits of our friendship, but so worth it. Yeah. That's yeah. where the line is. Chip. Yeah. Game. That's the line for you. Game. Last one. Go. <laughs> oh my god, it's the final one as well. Yep. Okay. So my final choice is the Last of Us Part Two and a nice circular circle, circle. from where yeah. we came at the start. <laughs> Almost um, like it was planned. <laughs> uh, sh- 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 don't don't I mean, pull back the curtain. They'll but know. I went first. Yeah, oh. no, that's what threw me. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad circle. It's a so it's it's like a, a circle with a with a lip. It's kind of like um, when <laughs> Milhouse's dad drove dignity. <laughs> quite a circle. But Again, that feels very much like yeah. us. Yes, keeping on brand. Yeah. So, well, a circle with a lip. It's, it's a good shape, anyway. Mm-hmm. However we draw it. So, Did you say uh, circle with a lip? Was... <laughs> <laughs> what, a boob? <laughs> this episode is a let's boob. Just mo- let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> So The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I spoke about this uh, quite in depth, actually, for a list I wrote for the website. So there's a second plug for that. Um, it was number one on my list of games that have caused me trauma. So, yeah, go to the website. Uh, rep- website? The website. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the website or the website, your personal <laughs> preference, and you can read that. And there I talk about more of the oppressive nature of the themes of the Last of Us franchise, especially the second part and how that affected me. So I will try and keep to, I think, more of the scares here. And it's going to be a lot of crossover from what Bash said earlier, because, yes, like Bash, I find the scary elements of the Last of Us very, very scary. I hate the clickers, I hate them, I hate their stupid faces and their stupid noises that they make and if they have stupid children I will hate them too. And I hate it when there's a posse of them that run at you uh, and when you encounter loads of them in like a dark sewer and if you encounter them in a brightly lit open space as well 
And then we have things like the runners and the stalkers and the bloaters and I hate all of those as well. Hate them. They're awful. They're scary. No. <laughs> but the thing I want to talk about from The Last of Us Part 2 and you know what Andy? I hate you too. Uh, no, I don't. I love you like I do all of you. <laughs> but you, do you know the bone I'm going to pick with you? Yes, about I, I this? do. Yes, yes, good. <laughs> I'm just getting called out a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah, we just all, we're having a go at you. At Two the in a row episode. now. I've been called I, out. I, it's like a reverse I intervention. I am, I am Switzerland in this whole episode. Oh. I've stayed very neutral. <laughs> I've insulted you. Yeah. <laughs> but Andy and I, we played The Last of Us Part Two uh, when it was released at the same time. We both got it, you know, on release day. But Andy was ahead of me. And without giving anything away, no spoilers or anything like that, he messaged me one day and he was like, have you got to that bit yet? <laughs> or, you know, worse to that effect. I remember that. <laughs> and I think, I think there was twice in that game that I thought, okay, he means this horrible and scary bit. But both times he was like, no, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so not only was I having to deal with this scary game that depressed the fuck out of me, I, I love it, but it's really hard to get through the second part. But I was on edge. I was on the edge of my nerves. Every new area that I entered, thinking I was about to hit something even worse <laughs> than what I'd already encountered. Whilst imagining Andy sitting there, like, gleefully rubbing his hands, like, <laughs> is it this bit? I don't know. I won't tell you. And it turns out what he meant was the hospital scene, and specifically the Rat King that you encounter in the basement. The yeah. fucking Rat King. <laughs> and I don't know if I want to say too much about it because I don't want to spoil anything for Bash or Becky if you are going to play this eventually. <laughs> I just to be on the safe side, it's It's a horrific. Rat King. If you know what a Rat King is, then you'll have an idea. Well, yeah. Yes. Oh, I know. I put you up against one in D&D. You did? Oh, this is like the least favorite monster i think i've ever faced in a video game ever and it's in a very i mean it's scary leading up to it as well but everything about this like boss is just oh it's it's horrific and you're in a tight space it's dark it's horrible and i i think i just blame you andy for all of it to be perfectly honest <laughs> like you you just made it so much worse for me because i would have been terrified anyway but I just had this, like, build-up of scares and horror and worry, as well as dealing with all the other shit that game throws at you. <sighs> and I just needed to get it off my chest, I feel to be like I, I am the turnaround line in Outlast 2 here. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I gave you a prompt and then just let you spiral out of control. I You've become, become what, what you hate hated. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> it's like the perfect not circle of this podcast. The circle with a lip. <laughs> or, or a nip. nip. <laughs> like, like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, that, the Rat King is terrifying. I also wasn't a big fan of the scars when you first encounter them. Just the whistling Ooh. when you just walk into these dark, rainy places and there's whistles and then suddenly arrows are flying at you. And like, oh, you don't know what they're, how, what they're saying when they're whistling to each other or what they're meaning or where they are. It's just really... The whole game's very unsettling and disturbing, but yeah, the Rat King was the that was the the peak, and that's I think I don't know why I decided to pay it forward and make it your problem, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, and I'll have to live with I that. respect that you did. I, I think it was entirely by accident, you know, because obviously I if I was, I was like, oh, it's this bit, you'd have to malicious. say, well, no, 
Yeah, yeah. You, I don't think you were actually gleeful about it. You were just like, no, no, I didn't mean that part. Yeah, because I thought For you'd know, sake, great. and then there was all these other bits, and I thought, oh, shit, there are quite a lot of scary bits in this game. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I've misled him a little bit, but I can't say. <laughs> I could have just lied and said, I, I, I could have just lied and said, yes, it's one of those, but then when the Rat King thing had happened, you'd be like, why were you scared of that other bit? That was that was nothing. So I was in a bind. Yeah, I understand. I, I just... I just hate it. Managed to talk my way out of being blamed here. That's quite good. <laughs> yeah, not quite. <laughs> enough, enough for me. I'm taking it. I mean, more than phasmophobia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way we're getting forgiven for that. But we will not see heaven for what we have done in that game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's time for a little recommendation from your host, which is me. So let's do that. Um, I was really hoping some inspiration would come to me, but I, I knew I wanted to recommend something spoopy. So I think, have we ever recommended a film before? I'm going to do that. Two, two months ago, we recommended a film. Yeah, so quite recently, <laughs> we recommended a film. Oh my God. <laughs> so in keeping with that spirit, I thought I'd recommend another one. <laughs> Perfect. God, you can tell Seamless. it's got late. We're all soup. No notes. <laughs> uh... So I mentioned it at the start of the episode that I had a nightmare about a witch recently, and that is because I watched the film The Witch uh, from <laughs> Robert Eggers. <laughs> I watched the film yeah. The Lighthouse. <laughs> I have also seen that. It is also very good. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck it. Like, it's spoopy season. You should be watching spoopy films. And if you haven't seen The Witch, you should go and watch it. Maybe with subtitles on, because I struggled a bit with the language at times. Uh, and I found it really helped, like, uh, when there was a lot of argument amongst the family, like, I missed a few things. So, yeah, I recommend sticking the subtitles on. I think it's on Netflix. I think that's where I watched it. Thank you, Sasha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is my recommendation for this month is a movie, which we did two months ago. The Witch. Well, that's it for another month. We hope you've enjoyed hearing about all the games that upset us greatly. Uh, do feel free to come and share the games that made you poop your pants with us on our very so- uh, our very social media. <laughs> our various very social, social medias. We are very. Social. <laughs> we are. That's very true. Our <laughs> you are can very find simple. us on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Twitch, where we were at One Up Pod. Um, and if you'd like that in a more horrifying way, that's one U P P odd. Thank you. I am at the Chimp Thompson on Twitter, and you can find me playing some scary films all this month on stream. Uh, scary, scary, film. Film. scary films. What? No, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> the witch. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Why does it always go wrong at this point? This <laughs> is <laughs> you. Yes. Every time. I know. I didn't want an answer to that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Bash, where can they come terrify you? At Bash at Demon Head on things. <laughs> uh, Becky, where can our listeners come and share all their nightmares with you? Becky Grayley on Twitter and Instagram. And Andy, where can people come and tell you they've pooped their pants? <laughs> uh, on Twitter, truly underscore defective, <laughs> and Instagram, which is just truly defective, where I have pictures of my baby, who also tells me he pooped his pants. <laughs> hey, nice. Uh, next month we're going to be covering Neil uh, Neil (laughs) (laughs) no no leave it next month we're covering Neil (laughs) Neil 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 Vember we're covering Neil Vember Neil Buchanan we're going to jump on over a blanket (laughs) 
I was thinking Neil Morrissey will just get Bob the Builder in. I was just thinking of a red sheet. There are so many deals. No one was on the same page at all there. What are we going to actually be doing, Chip? <laughs> I don't know, clearly. Neil Automata. Uh, we're going to be doing Neil, apparently. Yeah, that one. Uh. Neil Automata or autom- Automato. Or... <laughs> yeah, Automata. Automata. Neil Automata. It's fuck's sake. November is near Vember. We will be playing near Automata. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. Grabbing the reins on this out of control. We'll be playing <laughs> Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope we've learned how to pronounce the fucking title of games and what movies are and everything by Speak then. Speak for your fucking self. <laughs> this is all you. The only word I couldn't say was the, the swear word at the start. <laughs> oh, I'm very sweaty. Until that time. <laughs> Beware. Take care, because there's creatures out there who... Where is this going? (laughs) (laughs) But most importantly, don't forget to not die and play scary video games. (sighs) Perfect. (sighs) Okay, I'm stopping now. (laughs) I'm quitting the podcast. (laughs) 